that and you like don't often see the back of your head it's actually impossible to see the back of your head yeah. you can only see images of the back of your head uh and those images are untrustworthy what the f- is going on down there Oh, I'm so mad. I retweeted the thing saying, uh, y'all voted Twilight as the worst movie ever while the Human Centipede exists. Okay, and someone's actually saying Human Centipede is at least Car Crash interesting. Don't be that person! Don't support Tom Six, he's a piece of human garbage! I'm gonna leave that in the podcast. I don't like Tom Six. Editorial. Uh, anyway, let's roll. Are you guys ready to roll? Sure. Then we're in it. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Are you ready to weather the storm of whatever it is I just did by saying I hate Tom Six, the director of The Human Centipede? Yeah, I don't think anybody actually listens to this anymore. So Yeah, yeah we're we good. Should, should be fine. TJ, am I hitting any nerves? Are you a Human Centipede fan? Super fan? Uh, what's a centipede? Uh, they're actually cute. Centipedes are cute. Human Centipede's a garbage movie made by a garbage person uh with lousy uh morals and lousy uh, ethics as a filmmaker he's down there with like a, a gutter tier eli roth tom six is terrible the number of people who like to yell about directors and people in filmmaking who then just go uh, and shrug when you talk about tom six it's like none of y'all actually care don't even start with me i got a chip on my shoulder about that guy uh anyway what's up we're here to do some uh transformers podcasting uh, also, shouts out to the designer of Omnigonic Spinout. Just in my Discord, someone was mentioning what an interesting figure and it was. And that designer got a shovel full in the mouth from a, a fairly unempathetic group uh, in the fandom, I felt, uh, considering how screwed that guy was. Uh, throwing out my editorials left and right. I actually fell asleep for about 20 seconds in my chair about half an hour ago. So I'm trying to get the energy back up. Aaron, slap me. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, Aaron, you've been saving these up, I can tell. Uh, we here at WTF and TFW like to say we don't adhere to the rules. Uh, part of the, the motivation of this is because whenever we change anything, people complain, and then it motivates me to keep changing things because I'm a jerk. However, we changed something with Seth because Seth wanted to talk about some of his on-topic stuff at the top of the show. And then someone was like, hey, that was really cool. Can you try doing that again? And my, my knee-jerk reaction was, no, we are never changing anything, not for you. And then I was like, wait a second, that's not who I am. So we're going to try it again. We're going to do some on top of what we got this week right now. Um, granted, I don't really have too much to talk about, so maybe I'm preloading the gun a little bit. But uh, Aaron, on topic this week, did you get any Transformers? Yes, I both sieged and studioed. Jeez. All right, what's the siege thing? Um, Starscream and Soundwave. Uh, TJ, did you get your hands on either of those Decepticons? I do currently have in my possession one Siege Soundwave. Listen, why don't you guys tell me about Soundwave? Because I poked one a whole bunch at Capital City Comic Con. Uh, Sam from uh, Toy Traders, I hope I got that name right, uh, where he works, had uh, the two of them. And that Soundwave looked really good standing on the table. Yeah, he's another one that has the Insano light piping. Yeah. Like any light anywhere in like the top like entire like 90 degree quadrant at the top of his head seems to turn his whole face yellow. It's some of that anomalous clear plastic that they got a hold of. Yeah. It's probably actually radioactive and that's how it manages to generate that much uh 
that many photons through it, but yeah, that, but that's the way it's intended. No, yeah. as long as it works. Yeah, like like to figure out how to make self-generating light piping. I mean, you know, there's no electronics. It's just kind of terrifying me how well it works, mm-hmm. especially when it works in a dark room. Sometimes that's really freaky. Yeah. But no, it's uh, I I think I like Soundwave better than Starscream. His his transformation's a bit more solid um, through everything. Starscream has few issues that we can discuss, but um, I'm really looking forward to getting a cassette to see how well the like end chest with the cassette works because he like I mean that's it's a good action. So Sam yeah. uh, Sam had the cassette two pack. Um, okay, they fit in there real well, and Laserbeak has pegs to stand on his arm. Right. Uh, it it in fact made me mad that I'm gonna have to track down the cassettes separately because they looked like they were meant to be a package. Uh, it it had it came off really well in person. Mm-hmm. I can say, uh, TJ, do you have similar vibes off of Soundwave? I really do. Like, I, I think I had a little bit of trepidation like everyone else because of the vehicle mode. I liked the look of the vehicle mode, but I was kind of worried about how much value that would give me as far as transforms a lot more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a bit going on to him that I, aside from like, aside from his, uh, uh I could better term nacelles. Yeah. Going on. <laughs> I wish those had a better place to. Yeah, uh, I I feel like those are there just so that it can have the kind of fakey lamppost mode. Kind of like like the way that they just kind of hang out and don't connect to anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're nacelles. It's it's just Star Trek uh, technology. Those things are always hanging out everywhere, flopping around. Sure. <laughs> They go when it goes into almost into hyperspace. <laughs> the the famous on... sound from Star Trek. <laughs> hey, that's the transporter sound. Uh, I, I I'm not going to go on the tangent totally, but I actually I marathoned through the IDW miniseries Star Trek versus Transformers, and it's really good. And you guys should read it. Yeah, I still need to get to my comic shop. They actually like were emailing me earlier about you need uh, to close the door on this yeah i know yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you from voice of experience uh that that series is it's 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 perfect tonally they even come up with a very convincing reason why the transformers are suddenly existing in the original series cartoon universe uh and it makes sense and it also it involves cart like the, the tos cartoon aesthetic but the eugenics wars uniforms like those weird like you know the big box suits with the gun arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's interesting. Um, TJ, uh, do you feel like you're you still got the draw to Starscream at all, or is Soundwave kind of scratching that itch? Are you seeing anything in Starscream that's really? You know, Starscream was there when I found Soundwave. I stared at it for a good long while, but there's just it's and it's beyond just like oh well, it all the the robot just kind of folds up underneath a jet that hangs off of the back. Just more than that, there's something about the toy that irks me that I, I don't know. Like I'm still, I'm still content enough with classic Screamer. Yeah. Like I, I really, 
Like, I, I've, I've got a set of six Seekers in my life. I don't need to invite more. Shouts out to Chris Iveson for, because you know how there's that whole thing where you can take the jet off the back and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I wanted someone to, like, draw me the folded up Starscream as a vehicle, and someone did on Twitter, and I forgot who, but it was fantastic. The folded up Starscream, Chris Iveson over at Capital City Comic Con coined it perfectly. He was like, yeah, it's a Gundam alt mode. And I'm like, oh my god, you're right. It's it's a Gundam alt. It's what Gundams do when they turn to vehicles. They kind of just ragdoll collapse in on themselves and the pelvis is a cockpit and they just fly around like a folded person uh i I still kind of think it looks cool but soundwave gave me so many like just seeing the two of them standing next to each other on the table where we were doing tcg demos uh plug uh soundwave was was just oozing with uh with silhouette with with the articulation was just like evoking the character emotion uh and I, it gave me a really good vibe. Um, I, I'm still personally going to be after both, I think. But Soundwave is giving me way more excitement. Soundwave, ha- having both of these in hand, Soundwave is the definite winner of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I got Starscream because they were both there, and I'm dumb. And also, like enough people had said stuff one way and the other. I'd seen a couple people like super excited about Starscream too. So I was like, well, maybe, and. Man, the the biggest issues I have are the fact that his chest is not actually, like, really connected very well. And, yeah, I wish that the Tetra Jet did something more. Either that it was a little bit thicker to pull his legs up more, or if it had the, like, the full mohawk on the top of it, so it went to three points rather than two and the kind of shaved top that doesn't quite seal all together. Yeah, that Colonial Viper thing. Yeah, um, I mean, as as Starscream, it's a good Starscream. As the alt mode Tetra Jet thing, heh. Shouts out though, because uh, I was shown this actually at TFCon and at Capital City Comic Con by folks who had that toy. I am way into the spring out uh, back of leg filler thing that he's doing. Oh yeah, that is that is a very cool like way that he gets filled out. Yeah, I think that's super um, freaking cool as a design touch. Yeah, the like I mean some of the good points are like the way that his arms connect into the legs to help keep him like sealed up. Um like the fact that he kind of has like high heels a little bit that mm-hmm. give him e- even just like his standing pose with that feels like it gives maybe a little bit of like like he's just hovering off the ground type of look yeah i i also can't help but wonder if uh like mostly skywarp but even thundercracker if a darker color scheme might just carry out that alt mode better because starscream's color scheme by its very nature shows every single gap every single misaligned part it's bright colors on bright colors so any any fault of shape will be exacerbated by starscream's color scheme Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like you know, obviously a sky warp, right? When it's all black plastic, it'll kind of gel together when you look at it. I'm, I'm just wondering if the optical illusion will happen with the darker color schemes. Yeah, the, the black being slimming. Yeah, I mean that's hey, listen, guess what? Most of my wardrobe is. It's I don't go to the gym enough, so I want to just look slim. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give me my nice jackets that button up around my belly. Hello. Uh, we we talked about the the almost too loudly hidden. Um, street lamp mode on Soundwave. Yeah. Uh, the that that's actually become a dancing Soundwave thing. Of like, did you hear? There's actually a lamp pose mode. I was like, yeah, I know. I checked the front <laughs> it pages. It was black light. 
Uh, I check the front. It is cool. I, I also I do check the front page news. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anything else about Soundwave you guys want to throw out? Uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> Cassettes come in tomorrow, for, or not tomorrow, Monday for me, I think. And I'm I'm really eager to just have him just like dropping cassettes out the back of him since that's how they arranged. They look so good on him in robot mode. Like I, I it was I, I already knew that, you know, he has the two cassettes, but him with laser beak on his arm at a distance looked so good. I was like forgetting that was a, a generations toy. Yeah. Uh it's it's a it's a strong uh silhouette. Uh, any any other Starscream tidbits you want to you want to toss out there? Did you have a pin? I meant to ask. Do you have a pin? No, okay. I I think that uh, has there been anybody that actually got a pin, or is yep. it people just knocking pins in there? I asked people, and they said that there was a running change, but that also everyone's knocking a pin in there, so it's soon going to become impossible to tell. Okay, because uh, that was because I saw people saying like, "Don't buy this unless it has a pin," and I've seen I've probably seen him now since I was looking for the um galaxy force whatever the heck the really long name is it's the official name prime galaxy upgrade um, optimus galaxy upgrade uh, optimus prime no i can do this i can yeah. do this leader class transformers war for cybertron siege galaxy upgrade optimus prime you gotta have the number in there too no john warden doesn't say the number i listen oh he, he doesn't okay no he's not that much of a fan he's <laughs> um but so i've seen starscream and four different stores and the the small so five stores the four different retail stores and uh like the toy store just a yeah. little bit of vintage a little bit of modern stuff all of them had them none of them had a pen and they had a couple of like slightly different date codes on them so it's a it's a later instance than anything that's out in the indiana area yeah uh, apparently, um, that wave is showing up at EB Games in Canada. I actually was looking for it today yeah. and couldn't find it, but I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take a look. See if we got yeah. got pins. Well, the, the one thing I was gonna say about Soundwave is his like all of the weapons together mode mm-hmm. is kind of dumb because he, he, he I has tried that yet. He has like a rifle thing that folds over, which is kind of interesting because it can kind of be a pistol or like a something else like i don't know what what it'd be in the other one really but then it has a mode where it's like you take his shoulder gun and you take his regular pistol and you like mush them all together and then you get the the super gun and it's like yeah that's kind of the siege super gun aesthetic though it's like i put all my guns end to end like a gun centipede and here we go (laughs) i wish it was like gun like one of them to the side, yeah. That's not what I just do with all hounds. stacked in a big line because it's like the way that he'd hold it just like is weird. Yeah, I think guns look way better when they're slammed together horizontally, like side to side. Because like, sure, that gets silly too. But then they're just a wider gun with more barrels, and mm-hmm. it's it's it's, it's yeah. A, but a wider gun with more barrels is cooler than a long gun. Like yeah, a stupid imagine, long gun. Imagine how far that bullet goes, all like through the back of one gun and out the end of another. Just so much. It's like a rail gun. Just leaving out the part where it's crashing in and out of the backs of the other guns. Um, before we talk about your studio series thing, TJ, I wanted to ask you any other Transformer stuff on your end. Uh, I went for some. I went for some Siege Deluxes as well, and I right. have a Deluxe. 
Let's talk about the Siege Deluxes. Mm. <clears throat> uh, I didn't get all of them. Uh, I did. I did get uh, Ironhide, Prowl, and Six Gun. Okay. I, Aaron's got a lot of feelings about Six Gun. I have twelve gun. Yeah, he he bought. He has two Six Guns. I still haven't canceled my order for the third one that was ten dollars. <laughs> you gotta do something. Wait, what? Wait, hold on. The first one. Okay, what? What's the second one? The second one is I also bought, but I wasn't going to talk about it because I've already had Six Gun kind of talked about a little bit. So What's happening? What's going <laughs> So Aaron bought a Six Gun at TFCon while saying, I know I have a $10 one coming, but I really want, you know what? And we came up with a whole thing of like, well, he turns into a hand. You, need, you do mm-hmm. need two of those. But now, okay, I'm, I was on board for the two, but I'm not. Boy, okay. <laughs> So, TJ, just turning my chair back to Aaron for a second here. 18 gun. <laughs> how, are, how are you finding those deluxes? Or did that come through? Did we lose him? Did 18 gun just break him? Okay, who can hear me? I can hear I you. I can hear you. Okay, uh... Woo! <laughs> We're doing this thing again where you can't hear each other. Oh, no, boy. we can hear each other. Yeah, I can. I I think. can we can all hear each other now, and that's the important thing. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about those deluxes before we get an anomalied uh, off the internet again. <laughs> can he just not hear you when you say something about deluxes? Possibly. Uh, no, no, I can. No, I can hear you. Okay, Aaron, ask him about the deluxes. <laughs> How are those deluxes? The deluxes are fun. Just, I guess, to continue on the six gun thing, uh, I didn't, I didn't think I would want more than one. Mm-hmm. I'm a fool. Uh, you don't need three though, right? No, no, no. I think, I think two would be okay. Yeah, civilized I, I think gun. <laughs> think yes, about yes, it. See. No. I'm trying not to buy. I'm trying not to have that kind of demon in my life anymore. I saw it again and was thinking 24 gun. Oh God, Chris, Chris <laughs> she was she was able to to pull me off of that wall, but but not the 18 gun wall. No, because I bought that one without her being around. Duh. Oh no. <laughs> See, I didn't think I would want, and then just. Randomly on my Twitter feed, someone shows this picture today of two that have been combined into like a robo hound mode. Yeah, it's and all six gun. Did, did awesome. you not see my cog 12 gun? I put them both on cog. He's got big power loader fists. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I just want to clear. I'm not the one imagine doing this. that. Imagine doing that to six gun. 18 gun. I want to make it clear there. who's doing this this time because y'all always say, oh, oh, Chris is trying to make everyone buy oh, no, hundreds no, of toys. No, no, you, no, no, no. You are a witness. That's all you are yeah, this time. I'm innocent. <laughs> uh, so, TJ, did you, did you try out the hand mode? Not yet. It's pretty cool. Not yet. I haven't, ha- I haven't had much time to goof around with them as, as I would want to, but like what I've done has been fun. Uh, more like more like more than just combining them together and making twelve gun, eighteen gun, whatever your 
whatever your factor is at this point. 30 gun. Uh, this is going to be another Viacon thing. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Bigger than that, like, I'm trying to find ways of combining everything onto a single person. There's always, like, there's crotches left over. Hmm. Which is a problem I never thought I would have, but here we are. It's all these crotches lying around. Um, does the crotch not have a peg on it, or am I misremembering? It does. It's got pegs. It's got pegs, but it doesn't have anywhere for it to go on the robot outside of, like, sticking onto his back. Just, hey, (laughs) back crotch, just go for it. I just copied into our, our uh, Discord chat the Power Loader 12 gun cog. Oh, this is a mess. Oh. Mm-hmm. I saw a bunch of cogs at Toys R Us. I was thinking about everyone who's like, I'm going to buy 50 cogs, and they all backed off, but it's because of this. Yeah, it is. Uh, those, thumbs are, those thumbs are backwards. He's got no, thumbs. He, he, he's got two sets of thumbs. Yeah, but there's a bigger chunk on the bottom where it should be on the top. See the, or is that attached to his leg? Those are his guns on the legs. No, no those are guns on legs. Oh, silly me. <laughs> I saw those as thumbs. Uh, Alright, well, TJ, whether or not you do the 12-gun thing, um, tell me more about those deluxes. Tell me more about, about your mashing together of them and how they stand alone. Well, in mashing together, six-gun's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes on Ironhide real well. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to come up with, like, perfect creations like even on his own like i i'm i am a fan like i like i like the vtol mode yeah mm-hmm. i think that's why i like six gun better than i liked cog because that well, vtol they... mode is a little bit better like cog turns into two the, into the two parts that cog turned into and and that's not bad yeah like but... he's kind of restricted by the fact that he has to adhere to that yeah yeah yeah, he's doing the cog thing. He's 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 been painted into his little box. Six gun because he's not even supposed to really exist in generations. Is kind of like uh, he has to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He has to flourish. But um, speaking of Ironhide, uh, I've seen a lot of people talking up that Ironhide like it turned out pretty well. Uh, how are you feeling about him? This is the Ironhide I've been waiting for. Plays well. He looks. Great. I've been so annoyed at the retail level iron hides they have been getting either over complex blue face or the combiner war one that wasn't great. Yeah, that was that was young baby teenager iron hide. That's how I parsed him anyway. He looked youthful. Yeah. Oh yeah, this a lot of that uh like engineering wise very energon like this mold like just the way the mold transforms it's essentially it's energon inferno slash roadblock slash snowcat yeah okay did but, you did you see grimlockamus's i think snowcat yeah, custom just posted that yeah that thing looks sweet I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise... Like, considering we already have a Hound re- being redone into a Hotshot, potentially, like, yeah. I wouldn't put that past Hasbro. What about Toe Lion, though? The original uh, Ironhide redeco. A doable... Like, I don't think... Like, not as much, because, like, Toe Lion is 
Like, like Toe Line has a different aesthetic to him. Yeah. Like, he, like he, he's kind of gangly. I just would like to see that circle closed in some way. Like, to see an Ironhide turned into a Toe Line. Sticking to the Ironhide, we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, aside from the panels in vehicle mode that and to fall off, the hinges aren't tight as I'd like them to be. Uh, beyond that, like, very nice. Like, he literally has a nice twist in his engineering that I didn't expect that makes That's kind of been the story of the Deluxes for me, um, kind of with a broad stroke. Like, they all could have been simpler and uh, probably, you know, more boring. Uh, and, and for the most part, like, the Wave 1 ones just had stuff that made me blink. Uh, Six-Gun, when I got to handle Aaron's briefly, had stuff that just made me blink. Mm-hmm. Uh... You know, I'll never forget transforming Hound and going like I thought I was supposed to hate you. <laughs> and he transforms so well. Uh, well, give it a minute. We'll get there. All right. But no, I love, I love Iron. I love Ironhide. He's probably my favorite one from far because he looks so nice. He, yeah, I like that they they hollowed him out in weird spots. Mm-hmm. Like his hands are suspiciously hollow in the back. Because they were trying to make him look as big as possible at the deluxe price point. Yeah. Okay. It wor- it works because he does he does have a his buffer and he has a bigger silhouette than everyone else, so it kind of works for G one Ironhide. Lets him keep that that loose size scale that they're going for without making him like a tiny Voyager. Yeah, and it, it's it's always cool to recognize those tricks to use like the same amount of plastic to give the impression of being bigger. Uh. It's easy enough to go like, yeah, well, in 2009, they just used more plastic, and it's like, for sure. But assuming that there is not some grand conspiracy or whatever, uh, doing the work to figure out how to make more out of less, I think, is really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think at this point, they've had a lot of lines where they get to practice. Like, aside from the kids' lines and, like, simple figures they make, cyber figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're dealing with a lot of... Like a lot of engineering practice, possible plastic is. Yeah, oh, I got some words about some of the Cyberverse stuff. Trust me. Uh, we'll get there though. Um, I feel like when you said we'll get there about there these all being great, and there was the huh. I realized while you were talking, there's literally one figure left in the Siege trio you got that you haven't talked about yet. Uh, yeah, you picked up on that, did you? I did. <laughs> Good boy. Here I am. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we do have to discuss Prowl of this. And, uh, okay, prefaces this. Um, Prowl's okay. Mm. There's nothing inherently wrong with Prowl, unless you're me and you notice that the entirety of his lower legs, including his knees, are translucent plastic, and I'm just waiting on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got some proportion issues. A very large upper body and a very small pelvis region. Yeah, that guy's photographs, as as he's actually been hitting shelves, have been fascinating because, like, he looks like a different toy sometimes in some photographs. Uh, it it makes me really want to pick one up, <laughs> but knowing that, like. It seems like it, it takes like a five degree turn for the size of his lower body to change from normal to like where did it go? 
Yeah, like at most angle, I find at most angles, what throws me is the fact that his thighs are about half as thick as his forearms. Yeah. It's just something really weird. He's got these little pencil legs, big upper body. And and like the thing I said about Starscream, it doesn't help that prowl colors exacerbate most of that stuff. It's like bright colors everywhere. So like you, you see the lines. Uh, well, also, as we've discussed, black is slimming. Black thighs. And and hey, guess what? His redeco that we've seen is a black redeco. Hey. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited about that one. Um, more so than the Prowl. Yeah, but Prowl is very much. Uh, it's almost appropriate for the character, but straight laced. Yeah. Like he's got some elements to the torso transformation that are a little unique. So I'm not. In- entirely sure or necessary they feel like a little bit a little bit out there to get vehicle shape the way they wanted because they do kind of replicate that long front end of the g1 boy mm-hmm. without without actually making his uh uh robot or so shape unusual or super long as well so there's there's method to it but i don't know there's a little it feels a little bit excessive but that might just be me but beyond mm. that, like, it's a very typical, like, just it's kind of prowl transformation you expect. I was kind of stuck up in the same way they always do. And they always do arms go. Thought they always do. Yeah. Like, I, I get, I don't really expect innovation in a prowl, which is odd given, like, how Hound basically, like, rewrote half the book on a Hound. Uh,. But there's something about Prowl where, like, the, the that Datsun transformation is very hard to mess with. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost as, less so, you know, that's not an indictment of the people working on it. It's just, like, so much of everything is visible in the robot mode. Like, you don't have a lot of choices of where it's going to go. Because half the car is his body, right? Yeah. I mean, and, like... There's a purist in me that prefers that. I like seeing the vehicle parts make the robot. Yeah. I get frustrated when it's trying to hide robot parts underneath vehicle shell. But it does it does limit what you can do with a prowl, I guess. I, I guess this is... Uh, I, I guess they're just kind of hitting the limit of creativity as far as a prowl design goes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm still looking forward to it, but I got I got real tempered expectations on that guy. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, he's fine. Yeah, nothing inherently wrong with him. Do you do you think it it's not helping that he was like in your hands the same time as Ironhide? Uh, possibly. Yeah, because like I I knew what order I needed to open these up in. I got to prowl first before I went to anything else, and kind of. I felt like that maximized how impressed I was with the toy because it like I was happy with it when I was playing with it the first time, but I kind of cooled off as I got into six gun and iron hide. And I kind of did the same thing when I got the wave one deluxe is I was like, all right, side swipe. We are opening you first. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look like you're going to surprise me. And I want to, I want to do my best by you. We're <laughs> going to start with you. And there is, I think when any time I get like, at least three toys, I think there's always an instinct to end big. Like, yeah. The one that I'm most excited to open up is the one that's going last. In case any of these end up being lemons. Yeah. Well, um, 
that's that's it sounds like that's all the siege stuff that we got. Uh, so before I ask you guys about your studio series, I'm going to talk about my new experiences with some Cyberverse because my mom and I were both eyeballing. They had a, two, a BOGO in, at Toys R Us, fine Canadian toy chain that we have up here, mm-hmm. uh, on some of those on Transformers. And you all know how I was talking a big game about how much I liked uh, Cyberverse Ultra Shockwave. Uh, right. So that's the same size class that has a Grimlock, what breathes fire, and has a Slipstream, what looks like Slipstream in the show. So with the BOGO, I was kind of like, well, I like this Slipstream, and my mom's like, well, I like this Grimlock, so let's get him. Uh, I had a real misread on Slipstream. Uh, She has no knees, the Ultra Slipstream. And that I was so focused on the fact she had universal shoulders and elbows, I completely missed that she had no knees and that she had no neck joint. So that was... That was a little bit of a, of a thing. Um, interesting transformation on that toy. Really beautiful plastic colors is what I'll call it. Um, the gimmick doesn't work. Uh, the gimmick is supposed to be you free up this V-shaped fin that's laid across the wings of the, the, the jet mode. And when it flips out, it catches gears that makes it spin as it's flipping out. The problem is that when you push, you can do that. But when you push the button to release it, it will skip all the gears and just half shoot out kind of awkwardly most of the time. One in five times the gimmick would catch when I push the button. If I then fold the thing back down and release it myself uh, without locking it back in place, then the gimmick works. But that feels like that's defeating half the point of the gimmick. Um, So I got to experience the doesn't really work cyberverse gimmick symptom, even though I skipped the entire warrior price point. So pats on the back for me. Um the other thing is just I, I guess like that shockwave really was one in a million. Uh that that's the ultra cyberverse toy that really broke all conventions and turned out great. Um so unfortunately the slipstream is not really up to par. If you want a figure of cyberverse slipstream that appears to be one of your best choices, because I got doubts we're gonna see a better one, uh unfortunately. Um also the instructions were somehow this is for you, Aaron. The instructions were somehow confusing. Uh, and in this case, no. in this case, it's because the paper was big enough. So to counteract that, 60% of the paper was background graphic and the instructions were shrunken to only fill in the middle 30% of the piece of paper, which was okay. infuriating. That, right. that I was just like, why would, why would you do this? And then I look over and my mom is stuck on a thing with Grimlock. And she's like, she hates the instructions, too, because they make her feel stupid. Because she's like, I am I should know how to work this toy for eight-year-olds. How do kids work this? And I'm like, what are you stuck on? So I look at the step she's stuck on, and I'm like, all right. I figure out what you're supposed to do. I look at the instructions again, and I'm like, don't feel bad. There's no way I would have intuited what I just did from what you were looking at in these instructions. These are terrible, and they're tiny. Why are 60% of the instructions a big single-color sploosh on the top and bottom? Anyway, this instructions suck. We're going to say it again. Uh, Cyberverse Ultra Grimlock, uh, unfortunately, also is about as limited articulation-wise as Slipstream in different ways, um, which I was expecting this time. I, I mostly thought, like, his gimmick is cool. Um, the two of them are, are kind of weird in that their gimmick fires when you lock the last piece in for the transformation, so you have to leave them like a half step unfinished to not have the gimmick firing off. Um, but Grimlock's gimmick is interesting. Like fire comes out of the back of his T-Rex neck and a big like fire stick comes out of his mouth uh, in one big motion. 
Um, both of them, the thing about simple transformations in 2018, 2019, or simple transformers in, in the recent years, they actually have some really clever bits of transformation on them that you will not find in Generations toys, because they are clever ways to solve a problem simply. And that's one of the things I actually enjoy the most about the, the kids' toy line stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I tend to then fall a bit flat if I didn't deduce I found one with hidden articulation potential so slipstream and grimlock were kind of shockwave is still the king of that price point um absolutely great shockwave figure i highly recommend it uh the rest of them i do not they all the ones i thought looked good didn't end up being all that great and the ones i don't think look good are like shadow striker the figurine of of a robot with a giant car shell on her back like I just don't see much there. So uh, there's your in-hand reports. Uh, I know there all maybe two of you were interested in that uh, who are not in the room with me right now because I know Aaron and Teacher are always interested in what I have to say about everything. We were talking about poop before the uh, the recording started. Um, back to you, Aaron. What was your studio series gain? So I got b- both Scrap Metal, which I think you picked up in L.A. I did. And then also sh- uh, Shatter. Uh, quickly, TJ, did you pick up either of those? Shatter is the one I got. Let's start with Shatter because Hoopla was telling me that he was hearing Shatter's no good, and I want to know if my dreams what, are just... What he's hearing is correct. Uh. Th- that makes me sad because, okay, yeah. here's my other question. Is the part that's no good ball socket joints? Uh, a little you, bit. You, you said singular there. That's yeah. Don't start so, this with me. So, so if there was only w- if I was going to say the worst thing about Shatter are the ball socket like shoulder parts that everything hangs on. I can fix that. Mm-hmm. I can fix that. Yeah, you'd think. I can fix it. But it it's that that's like such a big weird lever thing on its own, along with fidgety panels. Mm-hmm. Fidgety panels that that hang off in odd areas, things that have so like the front part only part of the front quarter panel hangs on a on just like a a push in joint that falls off at the drop of a hat. Uh, a whole lot of car or a whole lot of like feet and arms hang out underneath the car. Uh, the way that the head flips around to hide underneath it and bring up the like air-breathing part of the engine is dumb. Avoid this toy. This sounds like they wanted to do me one better on how much I don't like Berserker, and this really bummed me out, because that's a good design and a good character who deserves better. Uh, TJ, can you can you rush to the defense of Master Wife for me, please? I want to hear some good stuff about this. That's me ramming my finger into my mouth. That's a stress um, move. Good stuff. Oh, boy. <laughs> Certainly red. Yes, Good. yes, Very yes. Red. red, red, very red. If 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 red and red and black with a silver accent is what sells you on toys, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. This yeah, is this there. has got it. Does she feel like okay? So so helicopter dropkick was kind of a whiff or two, but he was an interesting transformation. So clearly he was supposed to be drift, and then oh, they there's, there's no interesting transformation. Does in she this. look like she's supposed to be someone else, and that's what fouled up this whole thing? Is, is there some no. other? No, she turns into an '80s muscle car with like massive roll bars that added on. It's hard to think that she'd be anyone else. 
Because the only other source I got right now is, like, friggin' Toy World's, like, we're gonna do them, but, it, like, Toy World says we're gonna do them for, like, everything, and I never know what's gonna turn out with those guys. It, it, it's it's down to the silly things, like, there's, so there's the, 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 the little bit of, of, like, car part that sits up over the shoulder has this weird, like, 340 degree of travel around the wheel that it needs to do to be the back part of the quarter panel. And it's so yeah. dumb. This all sounds like berserker yeah. problems. Like everything you're saying, like there's a bit of stretch, but the the thrush of every one of these bullet points sound like problems I had with berserker. Uh, not berserker, sorry. Uh, what was his name? It's crowbar, the crowbar version. Because mm-hmm. okay. berserker oddly sort of worked and somehow stopped when they retooled it into crowbar. Uh, this all sounds like some person got their hands on this line again, and whoever it was was the person who put out crowbar. Because these all sound really familiar to me. Panely fidgets, ball socket joints not working, uh, illogical, no, the, massive the, the ball motions. Jo- the ball socket joints just don't hold on sometimes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not working. Like, not loose, right? But, like, there's a dimensional thing where they're just detaching. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know that symptom. That's frustrating because that's hard to fix. Uh, okay. How about the mushroom peg that attaches one of her vehicle mode quarter panels on that always likes to come off. Oh, yeah, they have that's one what of those I was talking too? about. We got the, one of those too? Push. Yeah, so that's the front quarter <laughs> oh, panels. They just like, they, they're they supposed to like fold up some. Like the the stuff that should be backpack seems like it should have the joints to kind of like do uh, what was there was the one bumblebee that like all three layers of the back of the car kind of like stacked like plates Yeah, and got compacted. Hers looks like it should. But it's like missing the the things to make it do that. So then, like the back of her car hangs down to like the back of her knees. So there was and, a happy. And the, the top of the car hangs up over top of her head. There was a happy moment here for a second because, like, way early on, like a, like a year and a half ago, when I said Hoopla was telling me that he heard Shatter was no good, the first second of Aaron's reaction made me think Aaron was going to say, what's he talking about? This is a great figure, and I was so excited. But then you finished making that sound, and it turned into, no, he's right. And that was a real real big bummer. Uh, it sounds like she's not a good figure. Avoid this toy. Maybe someone in the c- comments... Avoid can- the toy. Uh, no. Yeah. If somebody in the comments comes in and defends yeah. it, like, they probably have some sort of concussion. I mean... Look, or, I, or that they are family of the person who designed it. I had a good wave one bumblebee. <laughs> Look, this is the bad toy guy talking. This is you. You if if you get one that fixes all of all of the stuff that's wrong with it, based solely on your luck of all your tolerances working out, go play the lottery. Seriously. Oh, I need to like like I the don't... only the only thing to me that's kind of interesting. And and this is a a kind of. Are you gonna say cause she's is, red? It's like, is that no? <laughs> so the guns that are on the back of her arms, you take them off for transformation. There's a hole on the front, on like the inside of the forearm, so that it kind of turns into like the aggressive pipes that run down the body of a car. Yeah, like of an old old school muscle car that like if you get out and you put your leg in the wrong spot, you're gonna burn your leg. Kind of looks like that. This is legitimately heartbreaking. Uh, it would be more so if the Constructicons were not looking so good. Uh, yeah. I have an out still. Maybe the Japanese release will be better. 
no, the ones that the, are identical now? Sure. Sometimes they, they still is, they sneak in a little, you know. There is just like this is. I feel I feel bad that that this has come out because there's going to be a lot of people getting the subpar toy, and I really have the feeling that. You know, it's a case of, well, at the deluxe price point, you get this much money and you have to make these many items and a whole lot of other things got the money that should have gone into this because she's smaller in both modes and she's kind of trash. Like, I'm I'm not going to accept that she would ruin the line for someone now because if Crowbar didn't, then... Everyone knows that the, that the deluxe price point has its hits and misses, but mm-hmm. I am still friggin' heartbroken because that is the that is like if you were gonna tell me a, a couple if you said okay pick five Studio Series figures they'll be the good ones the entire rest of the line will be garbage I would have said her and Dropkick day one because it's not helping that I had some pretty darn weak uh, feelings on VW Deluxe Bumblebee. and that one of his problems was this transformation doesn't quite go together right because of all the panels. Uh, I don't like that that's being replicated on another car character from that film. I'm super not looking forward to car dropkick now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there's a pattern established. It's also frustrating because by all accounts, Voyager Optimus from that line is is a treasure. Uh, The Voyager price point is, is a continual home run in that line. And I'm like, how do we downsize that fried gold into the deluxe price point? Please. Because that's not the, I mean, the deluxe price point is, like, every single wave has, like, one, if not stinker, at least, like, well, this one's okay, you know? Hmm. Like, that last wave had uh, World War II Bumblebee, a real, yeah. a real solidly, huh, kind of figure. Yeah. Uh, we had Lockdown, who is probably the best of the, huh, figures, but still is, like, top of the heap of, huh. Um, man. <laughs> That's disappointing. I'm glad that you guys are telling me so that I know that when I event- when I see one and buy her on Reflex, because it's probably going to happen anyway, that it'll be entirely my fault. Uh, when I go on Twitter and say, hey, does anyone know why she's so loose? I'll, I'll have forgotten this by then. Um, I can go back and re-listen to this terrible uh, chapter of my history. Uh, so you both did the shatter thing, and she shattered. Huh, I bet I'm the first one to ever make that joke. Nah. Someone's like, no, I'm the one who was. Uh, Why do you have more subscribers? (laughs) uh, Nepotism. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. (laughs) I don't actually know what that means in this context. Uh, (laughs) I know. You hire me for something I didn't know about? What's the... uh, His his dad is Mr. Tube. Yeah, I'm actually actually son of... I'm son of Tube. I'm son of you, uh, Mr. Tube. Aaron, what was the other studio series thing you got? You got my my scrap boy metal. scrap metal. I, yeah, uh, I did his hand mode finally when I got back when mm-hmm. I got to Victoria. A uh, lot less happened than I was expecting, but I also was happy with it because if you kind of futz with it and kind of go outside of what you're supposed to do, you got this really articulated hand. Yeah. So um, the I, I I did enjoy flipping him back and forth a few times. The only issues I had on mine were the like shield piece thing yep really doesn't want to come out that thing once is you've tight got it in place f. i think it's tight as f um, in those tab slots yeah the and he doesn't he i think mine stands better 
with the legs entirely straight than the like the digitigrade kick that you put that you're supposed to put into it. Oh, that's a shame because yeah, mine, mine worked fine. It's it seems like it puts and it may just be a matter of I need to like um pose his arms a little bit better to help with balance. But it seems like when he's digitigrade, he just wants to go. Just yeah, face first. You do have to get his arms forward a bit. You got to fold up that scoop on his back, like tight. Because yeah. um, I, 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 I do believe I had a moment of like, how do I balance this? Uh, yeah. Because it was like the best poses I got was with that scoop, like all the way back and being the third point of contact. Yeah. And it was like, but like that's also it's, just a it's a it's, really it's solid deluxe transformer. But yeah, and like, so then making the the arm mode, I like that from the looks of like coming soon for the combined mode of everything hmm. that it appears like so it's scrapper is going to be all of the right arm but it's going to be high tower and scrap metal as the left arm yep as like one as the lower arm and fingers and then high tower looks like he's going to be like the bicep and the thumb i think he's it's more like I guess the bicep. It's kind of. Look, it looks kind of f- look, f- elbowy, look, forearmy. Look, look at that. Yeah, I was going to say. Look at that. Look at that image because there's nothing on him. Like he's maybe uh, scrap metal. Maybe has the elbow with the way that connector is. Yeah. But I'd hope that there's something more. Oh, it's not the elbow. Robust I, than that. I, I'm. I'm almost certain demolisher is not only the shoulders but also the biceps. Demolisher. Demol. Whatever the wheel guy's name was. In the movie, it was... Oh, because there was, like, 15 of them. So, not Demolisher yeah. in the movie, but then he has a different so, name when he's so the Devastator I, I, I'm version. Sitting, I'm sitting here looking at everything, so you think that Scavenger that makes, Scavenger. like... Scavenger, yeah. Looks like it make, looks He looks like he's making the shoulders. Yeah, I, I think you, he's going to... You think con- that shoulder down to, to bicep? I think he's going to at least contain the core of the bicep. Like, the, the, okay. head, the heavy lifting parts. Much like... Um, dude with two different robot modes they could choose from who's the other leader that's going to make the lower half. Uh, I forgot his name. Overload? Overload. Overload um, that looks to be like the pelvis and and uh, upper legs. Uh, and also, I believe, the knee joint. Down, down to the knee joint, maybe. Yeah. I, I, could, like, they, I, they, I, I, I have a, a line art graphic I'm looking at, so I yeah, don't have... Yeah. The the line art graphic is, is pretty accurate, just like having seen like how uh, Rampage Pogo Man attaches mm-hmm. on i think that they're doing a really smart thing in the load bearing limb joints are going to be contained in the leader figures yeah that's it, probably for the best and i, I think it's really smart because it means that they can concentrate because the studio series as of Jetfire, does not give a flying rat's butt about fitting into a certain box size mm-hmm. so they can really customize those two leaders to be load bearing as hell yeah uh, and, and i think that would be for the better um, because also that way, the, like especially Mixmaster gets to just focus on turning into that face somehow. Um, but yeah, scrap metal. Uh, I I think is, I think scrap metal unless uh scrapper or uh long haul, long haul. Which one's the green one? The Josh Nizzy dump truck coming coming back. Long haul, long haul, yeah, long haul. Because they they're almost the Constructicon names spot on, except for when I try to say them, then I, then it's like, oh no, actually, we changed this one a little bit. But yeah. Scrapper and Long Haul, I feel like could really run away with it as my favorites. Overload might if they pick a rope like of the two robot modes, if they pick the really like cool looking one the Legends figure used, uh, that could run away with it. But like 
they're going to have to do a lot of work to overcome the fact that scrap metal as a deluxe is so friggin' solid, in my opinion. Uh, Hightower, like, it's not even going to be comparable because Hightower is a perfect toy of a perfect boy, but... Oh, I'm so hyped about this thing. Also, did you see the dates on that line art? Yeah. Those cruel dates where it's like, hey, guess what? Half this guy, late 2020. Yep. Have fun. <laughs> Like, I know those dates are not hard dates when it comes to the North American distro, but still, I was sitting there going, like, man, reality I, I just, check. I just wish it was, like, <laughs> I wish some part of it was, like, if you could get across the shoulders or across the hips in 2019. I, yeah, I just want to put half a Devastator together. That's right. all I, I want to connect Constructicons this year. I guess, yeah, early 2020 you'd be able to have let's just overload that's late 2020 so we could do top half mix mix master is early 2020 scavenger for the shoulders is early 2020 by then the late 2019 of hightower will be out and scrapper is early 2020 like i bet you it's just yeah it's just the hips that are late so you'll have two legs sitting there waiting for its hips like, end of this year, I bet you someone will have uh, Scavenger in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, I'm one of them, because also, I like that I like that design. Uh, I want to see that design done with the almost deranged screen accuracy of Studio Series. Because um, that, that's a design that's going to benefit, it will only benefit from Studio Series' approach. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I also think, part of another reason I think that a lot of the ARM structure is going to be in scavenger is because of like even when you go overboard with his transformation he's not transforming a lot he's just like splitting in half and turning his treads into circles that form the middle of his body so there's a lot i think to work with um but yeah those constructicons have got me hype like like i was saying you guys just actually broke my heart to a million pieces talking about shatter but the Constructicons are catching all the pieces and putting them back together because that's what they do. So <laughs> it's all working out. Any other uh, Studio Series stuff on your end? Nope. Uh, TJ, was that all your Studio Series stuff? Uh-huh. Any other Transformer stuff on your guys' ends? Well, I mean, we can still talk Constructicons. We can. If this is the last thing that's left, we'll be fast. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't... Aaron, did Okay, me and Aaron got the Constructicon Devastator TCG box set. Yep. Um, Aaron, have you played it yet at all? Uh, so I've played it kind of across the table from myself with the stock um, Metroplex deck. Okay. Just because I, I figured pre-con versus pre-con I, for, for I power waited, levels. I waded into the deep water. Yeah. I went to a TCG night last night mm-hmm. with Constructicons. <laughs> And I was just like, who wants to play against my Constructicons? First game, Hoopla brings out his tuned Wave 1 Dinobots deck. I bet they ate it. Grimlock one-shotted two of them at once. Because it was all laid out just right, so my only decisions on his overkill damage would kill either of the other two that were left. Okay. So, uh, here's a pro tip for when you tune your Constructicon deck. Have a plan for Steamroll. Yeah. So it in my so I played it against Metroplex by itself and against my stupid Blitzwing RC 
Thrust, which actually they did all right with Blitzwing RC Thrust because it, that's designed for like laser targeting, kill one thing. And so it basically it. <laughs> pulls off two attacks and it's like, okay, well, three of us are going to come and stomp on Blitzwing and, and took him out decently early. I, I have the feeling that wanting to play Devastator, you're going to want to go heavy blue to to help them survive for a bit um and then have like an inverted in there so that once he's combined into devastator you can flip him so that all of those blues become oranges and really start smacking things so only that, because that and heavy card draw to let the tower build tall before you get it out yeah i i would say if you're going cuz i think he'll work in blue or orange depending what you want to do but if you're going blue, I think you need inverted, and only because uh, Devastator has a natural bold. Mm-hmm. Um, if he didn't, I would even say like, "Hey, maybe you can." Because uh, I found it was v- it was actually quite simple to get the tower to ten before I was in position to combine. Mm-hmm. I would, in fact, say a rapid conversion is completely unnecessary. In that, I'm going to try with one, uh, but using rapid conversion actually just messes up the rhythm of building the tower. Uh, like, it, it screws with it a little bit. Because um, I found it was super easy to have a tower at 10 or 11 by the time I was combining. Uh, that massive heal feels real good. Uh, and Devastator doesn't even really need to flip oranges when he's coming in with a natural 10. Um, like, if you don't go for an orange deck, you, and if you didn't have bold, it's only because you'd be wasting his bold. If you ignore his bold and just give him a big-ass gun... He's mm-hmm. going to be coming in with a thirteen or so, and you'll be you'll be laughing, uh, right? Like there's, I've, I've found in this game, there's a certain point where in a lot of situations, thirteen plus damage all is the same, yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Uh, and and Devastator at tower size ten with that base ten strength is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It feels real friggin' thirteen solid. Pierce one. What's the point? That yeah, the part where you like you know I put an energon axe on him and someone's like okay Pierce two. It's like yeah, it's a formality. We're, I mean, if you're gonna block twelve of my thirteen damage, then we have a different game going on that I need to have a better plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say uh play the precon. A couple, if you're like to, to everyone who might be picking this up, play the precon against your friends' decks a bit. Do not do it expecting to win. Uh, do it to get used to the rhythm and to figure out what parts of the rhythm you like. Because uh, I played against, you know, I played against Hoopla's Dinobot deck. It was a mess. Hoopla's like, oh, I'll ease up on you. Let me just bring out this new deck I made that's not very good. Nemesis, Flame War, Thundercracker. I'm like, uh, what the, oh, yeah, that's not very good, of course. <laughs> um, this is all credit to Hoopla. Like, he built a pretty good deck and tuned it pretty well, too. Uh, that one went a bit better. I actually combined in that game uh, briefly. Then I played against another player's, um, I believe it was a Cars deck. Uh, and that one came down to the wire a bit. I still lost that one, but I did get Devastator together. Devastator did, like, just uppercut Mirage into the stratosphere as soon as he formed, uh, okay. which, which was pretty darn cool. Uh, also, I I was able to do some of that that might, like, you know second level combiner thinking where I could combine now, but then Mirage can hit Devastator or I can force Mirage to hit Bone Crusher who has two health left. So we'll right. use we'll use Bone Crusher as a minor force field. And it, it with Devastator it feels even better because you're probably gonna be healing ten when he comes back together. That's right. In some cases, that's around two of your constructicons. So it's like whatever. Um yeah. 
the 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 tower mechanic is fascinating uh pep talk is a that is actually a godsend in that deck um the the builder's tools the one where they get a tower thing for combining i'm gonna cut Mm -hmm. that down to a one of because it's a cute thing but it's kind of unnecessary because it's like either you're gonna toss a card from your hand to get a tower thing or you're tossing this from your hand to get a tower thing once Mm -hmm. uh it's a good it's a good conceptual card it's just like i don't think you need three um, I think the deck's biggest weakness is actually having th- 15 of the cards being the five new ones. Uh, and they should be, because you should get playsets when you buy it. It's just that that is what also brings the pre-con down a bit as far as its strength, is that it becomes a bit aimless. Uh, and that's, that's that's no one's fault. Like, I, I still want to try playing it against the Metroplex pre-con, because uh, I heard that's a good matchup. But I'm I'm excited about the Constructicons. I think there's some cool stuff happening Uh the, the just the, the the tower mini game feels really good, and I also like that your opponent can do nothing about it. Uh, yeah, the the part where it's like, oh, you're gonna kill my constructicons. Tower goes up. I get to attack. Tower goes up. <laughs> They're just sitting there going like, stop, stop building the tower. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm 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 digging it. Uh, also, like obviously, shouts out to Watsy Hasbro for hooking up me and Aaron with that stuff mm-hmm. as as TCG influencers. Uh, I think that's all that we got this week. Anything else in Devastator you want to throw out there? No, um, I've got to. I'm going to be buying a second set so that I can have the um, work over. Was it work overtime? Oh uh, yeah, work overtime. The, that's the, draw the like that's the potential draw for. Yeah. That um, that is a card you do want to keep. That's some that's because it's a white pip. You know, just have the three of that card will mm-hmm. do you well in that deck. Heavy landing, I adore. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've seen people talk about heavy landing because it kind of gets to be a blue zap. Well, in it, anything a, else, it's a blue zap, but also like this is kind of weird. I've been thinking like, what if you just put Scrapper into another deck and quietly build a tower with him? So just for the purposes of turning heavy landing into a three shot. Yeah. Like, it's a bit that, much, but it, I'm like... It's, that seems super glass cannony that just takes somebody looking at him sideways or... I know. A couple of zaps of their own to be like, oh, it's just, it's scary. My kind, it's my kind of jank. Like, yeah. Because for, for heavy landing, whereas I was just looking at it, you need a tower size of six. That's like halfway to Devastator. That's not hard to get to. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, here come the TCG police saying, hey, stop talking about the TCG. You have other stuff to talk about. Uh, That's our What We Got This Week, which brings us to a listener question from Riddler87, uh, who says that for us to ponder is this question. Before the summer, I ended... uh, Before the summer, I ended, because you're the god of the winter. uh, Before the summer ended, I picked up Rid 2015 Soundwave, because I heard great things about him, and just for the hell of it, I tossed in Skywarp from the same line. Wasn't exactly sure what to do with them, but then I realized how few Decepticons were going to be in Siege, so I gave him the same paint wash treatment, ordered an even more G1-style head for Soundwave off of Shapeways. Uh, I'm not planning on buying the Siege version of these characters, because I think these versions fit in very well, and I think the alternate modes actually fit in pretty well with the rest of the line. Soundwave's in particular, with his big wheels i've even brought the rid version of starscream i even bought i'm assuming the rid version of starscream from tj using his ebay store plug uh to join my 
<laughs> to join my Siege Decepticons. Uh, so my question is, have you ever incorporated figures from other lines into uh, a display together? Because for whatever reason, it just worked for you. Did you paint or customize the toys so it would fit in better with the other line it was being displayed with? Hope you guys find this question interesting, and I've been appreciating all the TCG coverage lately. Hey, guess what you just got recently in this podcast? Uh, and uh, I have built a few decks that still need to find some people to play with. Keep up the good work. Click. I've never customized a figure to fit in better, but I have had figures that I thought just looked good next to each other. But in hindsight, part of that is because they were basically from sequel or sister lines already. Yeah, I, I think when I've seen that, it's been because it's like the this was the end of one line. This is the beginning of the next line where maybe they didn't have the same design language, but they were taking maybe lessons learned and a little bit of style from one onto the next before the next line figured out what it's like design language was. Yeah. Like there's bleed over. Yeah. I yeah. want to say the Energon Decepticons were actually a big one for me. Cause a lot of the Energon Decepticons, especially the latter end ones like Mirage, I just felt looked fine in Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a lot of like progressive uh, design language from the same folks, but this is off the top of my head. An example. Uh, TJ, have you got any uh, cases where you found like figures just worked together well? I'm trying to think of any offhand. I mean, technically, I've been doing that for the longest time with the you know with whatever became classics. In, yeah, in the last god 13 years, like uh, MP3 player Soundwave was often found in 06 classics lineups, like mine oh, included, because yeah. he, he mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. fit in pretty well. Yeah, like I only got rid of mine when the Siege Soundwave was announced. Yeah, better to me. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, like those lines. I I feel like all those lines have the same, like definitely not the same engineering aesthetics, but the same intention of like reinventing the old characters to the point where it all kind of works in with each other. Yeah, especially if the, you think about how the old toys went, going from like super realistic vehicles that happen to turn into robots to like smooth details and more cartoonish looks in the later years yeah it's a it's a it's a similar thing that we've had um i'm trying to remember any like specific these don't belong here but this is where they are now kind of situations um like i did that like until we got a new shockwave for siege i did that with the cyber battalion shockwave i thought he fit in with the classics just fine yeah, I mean that that's a boon of the evergreen thing too, is they, they all can kind of fill in spots in mm-hmm. a way, like where it doesn't feel like foreign. Um like the the kind of like I wish I had something that was as big a jump in a cool way as like the rid versions of like the rid twenty fifteen figures fitting in with Siege. Cause I, I totally get where that's coming from. And especially if you replace the head on Rid Soundwave, uh I think that's a really cool take. Like also like doing the paintwork to aesthetically bring them in line. Yeah, but, going going as far as repainting something to match it with the other figures that I have not done. Yeah, in that case, it would be like, for me, it would be it would be why don't I just do a full on custom, and then I would be like, all right, finally, I'm going to do my first custom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just thinking this is sort of tangential, but another one that worked for me is, is and this was not really my decision, but when uh, you know, kind of as the four horsemen, they had those. Um, Transmetal Beast Wars figures redecoed and redone for Armada. Uh, that actually oh, yeah. kind of, that kind of worked for me. Similarly, Rid Two Thousand One's Decepticons uh, being primarily a mishmash of other toys 
presented as the resurrection of the Decepticons, I thought was a really cool take as well. As like the Decepticons mm-hmm. are back, and like they're this this ragtag group of various different previous generation toys that are painted as these characters, like that really resonated with me in O one. Uh, so you know, kind kind of similar to this. Aaron, have, what about you? Have you got an answer for this one? Not that I've picked up something to go in a line, mm. but I've I've definitely put things together. You know, like I was saying off the top, you know, things bridging from one line to another or just like a general, hey, here's a bunch of cool good guys. Hey, here's a bunch of cool bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's been about the extent of it for me, I guess. It's just like, hey, these look kind of like like um, the Prid Viacon I have used with various other Transformers in like little, you know, photo shoots and B-roll sequences just because mm-hmm. they're a good generic bad guy robot. You know, like they, they kind of just fit in. Uh, in part because of that head design, it it t- they don't have any kind of um, face design aesthetic that is so obvious it doesn't make them fit in because they just have a plate with a visor for a head. So right. it kind of kind of lets them translate across different lines. Um. So anyway, I, I hope that answered your question somewhat, Riddler eighty seven. That's one I would I would absolutely open up to listenership to to leave a comment in the thread if you got any uh, cases where you were kind of just mashing figures together because they work. Um, this is less about about improvisation. This this next topic. This is also not a listener question. This is a topic I'm putting in here partly so I remember it. Uh, y'all know how toys are always better in Japan, right? Yeah, y'all. Er. All right. Well, well, maybe not like always anymore. But y'all know how instructions are always better in Japan, right? Yeah. So, Studio Series Jetfire's instructions are just a calamitous mess that are missing parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Takara Tomi put up some online instructions. A, these look better. The images of the toy are not a murky toy on a murky background. Like, it's still kind of small, but I can see things. And I just realized I could zoom in on this photo if I opened it separately. These are enormous photos. These instructions are so good. Uh, one thing that was not in the instructions was how to form Jetfire into a cannon. People deduced it. Uh, that's in here. Here's the thing, though, that actually borderline set me off. That little chunk of Optimus he comes with has a place to store seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Why the friggin' hell... <laughs> Like, that little piece is just, with no explanation, sitting in the box on the North American release. Like, come on! Anyway, this I liked seeing, like, the, and that also, like, this is not, this is leaving out the part where this piece has an entire text blurb explaining what it is as well in the Japanese instructions that no one has translated. Um, but it has a little place to store, seamlessly. It has an entire explanation as to what it is and what its purpose is. Like... I don't know. You know what? We say it constantly, and I'm sure people are getting sick of it. I'm getting sick of saying it to a degree, but it's true. Our instructions are a joke, (laughs) and these instructions are only showing up our instructions for how much of a joke there is. So this is kind of a PSA, just so you know. If you are doing Studio Series Jetfire, hit up the link in our topic list, uh, or if you've seen the photo elsewhere, just check out the Japanese instructions for Jetfire. They're far more clear, and they explain the entire toy. They they didn't just give up at some point <laughs> and run out of room. Uh, they they explain the whole toy, the whole process. Uh, these are good instructions. Aaron, what the hell? 
<laughs> Man, you know, when I, when I saw this starting to go around, I think the first one that I saw was like, hey, here's where you stash the extra part. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. And then it was like, oh, hey, here's how you do a thing that it seemed like it should have been obvious, but U.S. instructions never say anything about it. I'm like, hey, that's kind of garbage. And just further just aggravates me and makes me sad simultaneously. Because this is all stuff that, like, people worked really hard to, to make, and, like, it it just disappears into nothingness because they decide to give some intern the project of eh, get it close. So this is I, I don't know why, but like the whole canon thing didn't even set me off at all because I'm like whatever that's just instructions. It's that little optimist piece. That's the part that really just got my my gizzard where I'm just like that piece has literally no explanation on the the American or the the non Japanese mm-hmm. release. Every like the 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 canon at least you know that's supposed to happen right like at least yeah. you know that thing's supposed to turn into a thing uh to leave out this incredibly clever little touch with this otherwise inex- unexplained piece a bonus part that didn't even have to be included that is there so that you can engage with this entire thing if you get the dark of the moon leader version of optimus is that's the one that, that that had me had that reaction of like of like give the credit to these designers that they went this far you know <laughs> Like, like, explain it. Anyway, uh, TJ, I don't know if this sets you off at all, uh, the way it set me off. I, I'm just commiserating with Aaron because we talk about the instructions all the time. But yeah, you know what? As long as you're talking about that, it gives me carte blanche to talk about clear plastics. So there you go. Yeah, we all have our things. <laughs> you know, it's not clear plastic at all. Any of these parts on Jetfire. So this is like basically a win-win. Um, it's a good Jetfire of a admittedly. Sort sort of indefensible Jetfire design. I just like it. Also, uh, was there a big Lockheed Martin credit on the North American instructions? I don't know. I don't have Jetfire yet. Okay, because I don't remember there being one. Maybe I just missed it. But I also saw the giant Lockheed Martin thing on the uh, the page two of the manual, and I was kind of like, Ah, Aaron, you talk about Lockheed Martin. You've said those mm-hmm. words. Yes. Uh, anyway, I'll stop yelling about that. I just, this is PSA. They, they keep me in food and robot toys. They do. They they bring you places. Um, let's pop into another listener question. We got one here from the Silver League. Uh, Aaron, would you like to read this one? Well, I gotta find. That. I was going to Hasbro Pulse to see if they had them <laughs> to write an angry, an angry letter. Yeah. <laughs> Why Look, are your instructions don't... so terrible? <laughs> just, just angry typing. So, a listener question from Silver League from February 20th, 2019. Now, this is a quest I've been waiting on to ask, but in the wake of Ecto-1 Transformer, this seems like a better time than ever to ask. For reasons beyond any plausible logic, Hasbro Takari, or a third-party company of your choice, has offered to make a high-quality Transformer that turns into any vehicle, animal, or etc. from a pre-existing property. What would you want to be made, and what company would you ask with the job? For the sake of providing an example, I personally would ask Make Toys with Task Make Toys with making a Transformer that turns into an R-Wing from Star Fox for no other reason than bias towards their remaster line, and perhaps the silly idea of having Cloud McFox. Fox McCloud. Wow, I just Cloud McFox. 
Cloud McFox uh, <laughs> turn into the R-Wings target, target master. <laughs> I've also provided a very crude drawing of how I'd want it to look, too. Uh, ignore the terrible proportions. I mainly wanted to illustrate where the parts of its mass would end up in robot mode. Can you guys see that picture? I never know when I paste from my Google Doc. Yeah. Okay. I see yeah, it. it showed up. Yeah. Um, by the way, R-Wing is a solid choice, and I would say Make Toys would be the ones to do it because they have done spacey, wedge-shaped you know, mm-hmm. aircraft into robots. So, before. so would you have them do all four? I mean, you know, if they're doing one, right? With like different heads and torsos, you think? If they're doing one, they basically yeah. have to do all four. And then you have uh, to same Star size Wolf. base ship. The um, crap! I'm forgetting the name of their base ship. Oh, the great box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that ends up being like human sized. That's an ask. That's an ask. Uh, I'd be happy with R-Wing, you know. Um, Starlink is happy with the R-Wings. So I'd be Mm -hmm. happy with the R-Wings. I have an immediate answer to this that's, like, completely uninteresting as far as the actual toy. I would just like to see John Wick's car turn into a Transformer (laughs) robot. Doesn't doesn't even have to look like John Wick. I just want to see that car turn into a scarred up, like, you know, grizzly robot. And it's and it's just like movie hound where it's just guns and guns and guns and guns and guns and yeah, then with, other guns with like the and with, then a knife and then some more guns with, and then a gun that shoots knives with movie crosshairs and a knife that shoots like guns with movie crosshairs like implied jacket yes okay uh, I'll think I can of I can better. dig that I'll think of something better um, I can dig that <laughs> uh, TJ have you got a, a a vehicle you'd like to see turn into a robot I mean all of them have you got a That's- vehicle you thought? Okay, okay, if I had to specifically pick one here. I'm not... I'm, I was trying to think of some, like, non-typical answer, because, like, Yarwing's really good. But I was trying to think of some kind of, like, fictional vehicle that I kind of associated or identified with, and I was coming up blank. Yarwing is a really uh, solid answer. It is. It's a really good answer. Um, Part of my head goes, like, some of the some of the Final Fantasy airships. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I got a little bit of that from uh, Web Diver Ditalion, and yeah. like I would love to have like, uh, God, they do they would do the high win from FF seven, so they do. I would hope for I would hope for the airships from number six. I would get number seven. I, I know mean, this number seven was technological enough to like gel into a robot, if I recall correctly. Yeah, well, I mean, if they want the easy out, they can do the one from eight, which is just a spaceship. Y- yeah, but. I don't know. Seven's got the nostalgia pull still, right? At the end of the day, uh, yeah, because yeah, half of Square's marketing is Final Fantasy Seven. Like someone at TFCon was telling me about how good the TCG is, and and I got interested, but also like a total goon. I was just like, so, uh, can you make a Sephiroth deck? Because I would want to run a Sephiroth deck. Sephiroth's so cool. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, actually, you could. It would be a real just like dick deck to run of like ice based land destruction basically like the kind of deck that's not going to win it's just going to make the game take a while and I was like alright I'm going to build that uh, I haven't looked into it otherwise I forgot I just remembered I remembered that I did it so I could tell people I asked how to make a Sephiroth deck so I could just get punched in the face eventually <laughs> my goal of winning is just make my opponent storm out of the room <laughs> and also it's a Sephiroth deck he's just like why why this why this? I still think Sephiroth's cool. That's my inner it's high schooler. It's just singing the song as you play it. Yep, yep. <laughs> playing one wing, playing a MIDI of one winged angel. Yeah, <laughs> off of an IBM laptop. 
Um, Aaron, what's a what's a vehicle you'd like to see turn into hey, a transformer? Um, I'd like to see like more just straight up like naval ships, maybe. What's a what's a famous naval ship you'd like to see turn into? Well, a- I'm I'm saying something like um, you know, an an aircraft carrier that is just an aircraft carrier, or like the uh, um, I think it's the like the Zumwalt class destroyer that's like the stealth destroyer. It's a Zumwalt for those of you in the audience. Uh, except for it's America, so. Well, they shouldn't. They, if they if they use our words, they got they got to pronounce but, our words right. Like, like that image that I just copied over. Oh, that's that, that'd cool. be that'd be super easy to do in like a transformer because it's it's a ship that's designed to be oh, like geez. radar bouncing or whatever. Those you are know? those are really good lines for a transformer ship, right? Like those angles are like look um, up the Zumwalt, Zumwalt uh, class destroyer. <laughs> Uh, the Wikipedia page has a, a, a picture of it, and that thing looks like a Transformers product shot. Yeah, unfortunately, that w- they were supposed to make like thirty-two of the things, and they're only making three of them because it turns out that they're stupid expensive in comparison to like any other naval ship. It's all those like, lines. Yeah. Well, it's. I guess it's a whole thing about like all of the automation that was going into it, and all the other crazy nonsense about it that it was just like eh, let's just go with the stuff that we know that's a whole lot cheaper because the if if our navy was split into five parts we'd still have large the five largest navies in the world yeah uh i thought of i thought of a new one that's based off a fictional thing mm-hmm. i would like to see mm-hmm. the entire babylon 5 space station oh turn yeah. into a robot uh. That'd that'd be something. There's stuff to work with in there, you know. It's got yeah. it's got some mass. Mm-hmm. It's got a, it just basically turns into a fancy stick. So the, you know, that's that's not like that's new to Transformers. Like that's doable. I mean, they did that with a Minicon. Yeah. So just do that, but make it Babylon Five. That's what I would like. I don't know who yeah, what, I, think... I don't know who the robot would be patterned on. That's a completely different question that will take me years to figure out. But. <laughs> Like the other, the other one that popped in my head was to make a Vector Prime out of the Back to the. Yeah, hmm. I mean the Back to the Future DeLorean. I feel like in light of Ectotron, that is at least on a whiteboard somewhere. Of like, how how would I, we even do this? It would have to be someone because it's uh, such in the same vein. Someone at Capital City Comic Con told me that a reason why that might not happen is that someone who is in a position of authority with. That the estate that gets to make the call on the DeLorean is apparently very difficult to work with. But I don't know the back. This is just what someone told me while I was like going down a staircase. Like, I don't know the back dra- the background. On say, all wait, this. say that again. If one were to say, I want to make a DeLorean transformer, whoever the okay. estate owner is that would have a hand in making the call on that is apparently very difficult to work with. Okay, because I know that, like, the DeLorean Motor Company stuff was in a big um, kerfluffle for a while. Um, yeah, so there's there's actually are three licensed dealers that still exist because they are making theoretical new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, using all of the old inventory that was built. Um. But yeah, there is a DeLorean Motor Company that yeah. exists. 
and still does things, but like it's it's something like I honestly I'm paraphrasing now. Like I feel like it was something like you know they know the value of that design. Mm-hmm. They know it well enough to want a lot of say and a lot of money out of what's going on. Yeah, and that might end up being too much, you know, too many um, hoops to jump through for a Transformers project to happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure. I that said, I'm sure that that is on a whiteboard of like, hey, how many legal teams do we need to activate to figure out how to do this? Um, I mean, I, I in a pinch, I take the time train. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, kind of want that. Or honestly, trains are. Hey, did you see that that machine robo line that dies for a year and a half at a time is finally doing the 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 it's steam engine order. guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had something else I was going to say related to all this, but now I can't remember. Um, so let's uh, I guess move on. Man, I had something I was going to say that was really relevant, and it just fell out of my head when we just started talking about DeLoreans. Almost as though uh, time space was changed and made me forget. That's not what happened. I just forgot. But uh, thank you for the question and the input and the cool R-Wing idea, uh, Silver League. Um, It's really killing me now that I can't remember this thing I was going to (laughs) say. This is, like, frustrating. I'm like, am I I going... Is this dementia? Is it started? Is is this the beginning of the end for my brain? That happened a long time ago, said someone else. Uh, We have a listener question here from Half Sight, uh, which I will read for us all. Hello, all. Just had a question I wanted to get your thoughts on. For those who might not keep up with news regarding other brands, Bandai over the last year or so has began to crack down on what had become a somewhat large bootleg and third-party market for their Gundam model franchise. Uh, Dragon Momoko was the first of the major companies to fall and was followed by Daban, uh, which seemed to receive the brunt of the legal legal actions with full-on police raids and promises of criminal charges for not only Daban themselves, but also vendors who sell their products. And I did hear tangentially about this stuff when it happened. Um, And I think we covered it a bit on this podcast because there was some stuff that had, like, there was a release of some legal information of something that had happened a year or so ago. Uh, which had started a whole sky is falling thing. Uh, question continues. So with all that's happening, I wonder what effects, if any, this could have on, say, the Transformers third party uh, if Hasbro were to look at the success of Bandai in these cases. Me personally, I see it one of two ways. Nothing really major happens, or if any, or if anything happens, it's companies like Weijang, since they do copy existing Hasbro toys more so than others, or... Hasbro and Takara slowly over time start going after some of the bigger fish in the scene. To be honest, as crazy as some might find this, I look at what Hasbro and Takara are doing with the bigger, more expensive masterpiece licensed third-party stuff with companies like Flame Toys and 3A and etc. And I can't help but feel uh, now more than ever, uh, third-party with its higher cost and boutique appeal is actually starting to step on toes that Hasbro is starting to place uh, into that niche Uber collector ring. Uh, Sorry if that's poorly worded, but hopefully you get the point. Stay golden. Uh, half site. So we we did talk about this, I think, a bit when the uh, the reports were released of of the Bandai actions taken, mm-hmm. and uh, if I recall correctly, some of the conclusions we reached were that um, those gunpla uh, scenarios were a lot more. Um, what I've been told, at least, is th- those were somewhat more egregious than most anything that third party companies or even Transformers knockoff companies are doing. Um, Weren't it, some of them, like, straight, just, like, they reissued? Uh, or they am were, I remembering something else? Where they were taking, like, existing sprues and just going, here's our version. Yeah, they, they would do that, but in color schemes Bandai wasn't doing, for instance. Right. 
Uh, and that's still happening. Like, there's a company who's doing knockoffs of Metal Build, who's doing, like, hey, we're releasing the mm-hmm. stealth color scheme that, that no one's releasing. Um, I think, like, Bandai of Japan is an, is a much larger company than Takara Tomy. Uh, and Gunpla is a much larger thing than Transformers. So right. there's certain proportionality involved there. I want to say Dragon Momoko and Deban were also operations that were identifiably purely out of one location. Uh, whereas a lot of third-party companies are still somewhat decentralized as to who runs them. Um even though you can, like, you know, people will tell you they know who runs every, you know, they'll say, like, Keith owns half the companies or something like that. Like, yeah. okay, well, where's Keith? You don't know, do you? So there's there's a whole thing of, like, I think there's there's less of an obvious place to go um, such that if you were to go after them, you'd run into the, the longstanding thing we've all hypothesized, which is it's simply too expensive to engage with uh, to justify, you know, what would be gained from doing so. Uh Hasbro protects their copyright in their own ways. Like they 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 protect it domestically. Um, they I I think also part of what they've run into is a lot of there are very few third party things that are straight engineering copies. Oh yeah, and and that's why Wei Zhang was highlighted. Like Wei Zhang, Black Mamba, um, a lot of the knockoff companies, uh, right. or, or the not knockoff, but the I'll, I'll say the word the, the quote unquote fourth party companies because that's not how those words work, but that's what people say. Um, obviously, they would be in crosshairs. Like I would agree, they would be in the crosshairs first and foremost. Wei Zhang, right. I think some like Wei Zhang knows something that's keeping them safe because they are actually getting a lot more just straight up. We are Wei Zhang. This is what we do. Here are our distributors. Chosen Prime is one of them. They're like Chosen Prime is a Wei Zhang partner distributor. Yeah, I I think also where that is like Wei. I I'm I'm betting the two things are Wei. So for Wei Zhang, it's the fact that they're mostly in China. For, like, all of the business stuff and then people are buying that out of China, mm-hmm. where, I, do, where I, I think it's a case of, since they're not, like, like go, they're not going outside of, of China to sell that, it's getting sold out of, so yeah. it, it just stays across that legal line. And and I'll, um, I'll I'll just clarify in case anyone is getting the wrong idea. We don't actually know the legalities very yeah. well. So so, so that we're... stuff that stuff at least they're able to if everything stays like all of their design and production and ownership of that company all stays within China. China is very weak about um going after copywriting of stuff. Um and and so un- unless you have the right connections or it's something that is of a few certain things because i have seen um will we we i've dealt with at work um the export nonsense stuff mm-hmm. that's that's boring to all but like three people but basically it comes down to for the most part china's like yeah it's the same so what and yeah. as, as long as all of that happens within china I don't think there's a ton that Hasbro can do to it. So it's just got to be a thing where they just like keep an eyeball on it. And I bet as soon as they're like, we're going to start selling these out of Australia to distribute it because then English or, or something, then they can come in and go, ha ha. And, and jump on the attack side. 
and for I, I, the. I, I oh, would just clarify that, like you know, because people say, "Oh, but Bandai went after these companies in China," and I think, I think part of it, like I said, a Bandai of Japan is a is a bigger company in some ways, and right, and Gunpla is not just a franchise; it's also borderline a genre. Uh, I feel that they had more to lose. <laughs> Out right. of out of bootleg Gundam stuff, and that's just this is my gut feeling. I'm sure I'm not and, actually. And also, there's going to be the fact that there's proximity to it. Yeah, um, that probably makes it a whole lot easier because then it's it's a short plane ride for those investigations rather than a long plane ride on the U.S. side. Uh, and then additionally, like like Wei Zhang is typically also like upscales, right? Uh yeah, they they, they yeah. make a lot of business upscaling existing right. toys, etc. So so there's arguments to be made among when it's just a straight like we took your existing sprue, copied the mold, and did it in a different color. Mm-hmm. That is one hundred percent a copy. Wei Zhang went out, made their own molds, did their own stuff. They could say that the very hollow Oh, but you know, we designed it based on that design, and all of our panels are slightly different, so they're mm. all different, and that's could be something that's just enough that trying to go and attack that in China is not worth it for as small a bite as that is taking. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, I, I would I would agree with the notion that Bandai's big you know legal victory there probably is emboldening a lot of other companies. Uh, now that there's like a citable case that's happened, but right. regardless, I don't think that uh, a. I think if there's going to be any action taken, we're not going to know about it at least for you know an, a, a couple months after it happens, if not like you know if, if, even if that there might not even be mm-hmm. anything done until like a year or so from now when like oh we've now pinpointed one of the people we can hit to make an example out of, and I think a lot about this Bandai case was also making an example out of somebody that's a big thing with uh protection of one's intellectual property as i understand it uh it's less about scientific logistics and more about uh, you know to draw a metaphor here you're the first person we found who we could secure as someone who illegally downloaded mp3 so we're going to charge you fifty thousand dollars per mp3 we don't expect you to give us that money we're just making an example out of you Mm -hmm. uh for everyone that comes later um either way like you know end of the day we all know it's gray legal, so you know don't be shocked if it does go away. And if those companies do want to start doing their own original stuff, and you like those companies, support that more original stuff. You know, like I've I've yelled about this years ago, and I'll, I'll happily yell about it whenever. But like, care about the people who make the toys you think are cool, and support their stuff when it comes out. You know, if you can, uh, and don't feel don't feel uh, guilt, but don't feel pumped up if uh your financial situation dictates hey i gotta wait for like a knockoff of a masterpiece toy no one's gonna like no one's gonna gonna go collector police on you that's worth talking to but if you start thumping your chest about it or like someone puts up um masterpiece toy news and your 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 only engagement with that topic is to say can't wait for the ko then like you know maybe dial it back for a second and think about what you think's important um and and of course don't don't friggin' start hitting up like people who work on Transformers to go like, hey, why are the KOs better than yours? Like that's unfair. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of the people working on Transformers don't have any say in distribution. They're the people who work on the actual toys on the design level. Like just just friggin' be real and and know what people can talk about, what they can't talk about. Like it's it can be complicated, but like 
you know, don't don't feel like you're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, don't feel like you are owed that kind of interaction about that information. You know, uh, just just be chill and do what you got to do. You know, I've had this conversation recently with someone else. It's kind of fresh in my mind, but we've talked about it on here before. You know, don't die on stupid hills. Basically, companies don't care about you and don't die on stupid hills. <laughs> Or corporations don't care about you. Companies can. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ, we know you had to step away for a sec, so welcome back to my dissertation on why uh, capitalism is full of monsters. Um, <laughs> In- interesting TED Talk. Continue. Well, uh, have, you, have you got any thoughts? On, like and we, we talked a lot about this stuff before, I think, but um, on this listener question about you know action taken in regards to third parties, whether it is following up with Bandai's lead and going after some, or just doing their own bigger, more expensive things. Like, like, do you have any any recent takes on that, or is it kind of business as usual for you? I mean, I I do kind of feel like that because Hasbro is starting to license out to other other companies to produce these big high end items that. Um, they're they're kind of encroaching on that market that kind of crosses to third party, but not really. Yeah, like, like I don't think it's any kind of real threat to that or any kind of way to like deter people from it. There's there's still always the limiter that a Hasbro licensed third party piece very likely cannot change forms physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, although, like, I'm still very I don't think it's out yet. I'm very curious about that. Um, you know the the licensed guys who do the 24 inch tall or whatever posable transformers the mega action scale yeah. ones they're getting to do a transforming laser beak and i want to know how that conversation happened like i really want to know uh because that seems extremely uh not in character of licensed hasbro so i would i would really love to hear from the folks who worked on that how on earth they pulled that off um money even then, as far as I understand it, money is not the answer to to get to do a transforming laser beak, because you're dealing with the guy saying, "Well, our shareholders say that we are the ones who do the best transforming toys, so why would anyone else be allowed to?" Like, how did how did that end up with like the Sentinel pen used to be the example, but also that thing was silly. It it, it was it was it was Optimus Prime turns into an Optimus Prime motifed stick with a pen on the end. The mega action scale, whatever, is getting to do a laser beak that's full on transforms into a cassette. So I, I really want to know what on earth is going on there uh, and how we can get other licensors to have that same privilege, because I would love to see uh, I would love to see Chemical Attack via Flame Toys uh, get to do something that can change form and is Transformers. I would love to see 3A get to do something that could transform. Uh, I, I actually in light of 3A's deluxe bumblebee with that new very like chemical attack ish feel to that bumblebee that they seem to be going forward with on that line i would love to see what 3a does if they were given the go-ahead to have a thing that actually changes from one form to another uh and i would i would like that opportunity to be open to, to to proven licensors so john hasbro i know you're listening to this do what you better do it, or I'm gonna buy that knockoff MP Dino Bot. Did you guys hear about that? That there's mm-hmm. gonna be like the affordable knockoff of MP Dino Bot. I know a guy who wants to get one because it's like seventy six bucks, and he's like, "I will throw seventy six bucks at that to see what happens." Because I'm like, "All right, when you get it, you have to let me see it." Because <laughs> I want to know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at Laserbeak now. Because I totally forgot that thing was coming out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in cases like that, like it, it kind of reminds me of when I've had discussion with uh, like people who do uh, cover songs for based on video game music. Not yeah. Um, sometimes it's just the fact that there's no intention on Hasbro to do anything remotely like that. Like a laser beak at that size is completely infeasible for Hasbro to produce. I that guess producing some gigantic sound wave. It's just that my like granted this is me just hearing things but like what I've heard is that it is the very notion of someone getting to make a converting toy that is off-putting to folks who make the call on the licensing. So like like even though it's a thing that you know Hasbro would never do like it, it still runs into that that issue. Uh and like and I like so with that mindset, just devil's advocating, uh, you know, for something that didn't happen in this case. Yeah. You could say that, and then one could say, "Yeah, but we at Hasbro are making this laser beak that turns into a cassette for the Siege line. Like we are currently in production on that. Uh, we we don't want people to have another choice for a laser beak that turns into a cassette." And I mean, obviously, well, this, at, the, at the same time, it seems like it's being marketed as an accessory to this gigantic sound wave that they're. And I wonder if maybe that's how it happened. Is there like, well, it's it's an accessory. And we noticed Flame Toys Drift had a transforming accessory. His sword transforms uh, between two modes. So can't we? But but even then, like uh, like Flame Toys, I, I, I you know I said all this. They are getting to do a victory Leo that at least busts apart into armor that goes onto their star saber. So <laughs> maybe those walls are starting to to at least um, fracture a bit. What you're telling me here is that someone needs to get the license for Transformers to officially remake Action Masters. Oh, boy! Yeah, Hmm. and then just do, like, a big fancy-pants transforming, like, motorcycle that turns into a hover cycle. Still make it a cool transforming toy. That's another sideways way we could do this. And I just just want more of those, because we have now, like third-party licensed Transformers makers who have a small catalog behind them, and I would like all of them, if they want to, to get the chance to do a converting figure as well. Uh, Like, I'm even... Listen to me. I'm so into this, I'm even using the word convert instead of transform. That's how much I want to play ball with this whole idea. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, let 3A make a transforming toy. I think they're the one that's left. Flame Toys is getting to do the Gatai. Whoever, whatever company it is that does the Mega stuff is getting to do that, that laser beak. Um... You know, Ultimetal's doing the armor up for their Ultra Magnus that costs like a thousand bucks. Let let 3A do something that, that at least changes form a little bit as well. Uh, you know, if they want it anyway. Uh, so, hope that answers your question along with a whole bunch of completely irrelevant tangential rambling half-site. Uh, that brings us to the second What We Got segment. That first one I called What We Got On this week, and now we're going to say What We Got Off this week i got off on a whole lot of stuff let me bring up my browser history let's see here uh while i'm doing i don't want to know where this goes uh, i'm gonna leave I this off I, the ride i'm, I'm gonna very confused and scared i'm going to prison if i read any of these um aaron uh hey did you do anything off topic this week uh yeah actually alfie found me a lego set from 1976 Oh, that's too old. That's too old. You have to put it back. The uh, a a moon landing set that is pre minifigure. So you that's have three like <laughs> like block built guys. I I tossed a link early in the Discord so oh, that I could God, remember I to remember talk these. about it. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, there was somebody that was on like let go or something local that had it, and for less than what you can get at most other places, I got a very interesting bit of of Lego history where it's like mostly just uh like blue roof slant tiles, but uh, it was. It was mostly complete. I think it was missing one or two pieces. Are but... these My God the set numbers three digits? Yeah, set number five six five. <laughs> Did you get the box with it? Yes, the box came with it. Oh, good. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm wondering. Two of the flag stickers are still in there, unapplied. Oh man, I'm wondering so was... uh, these these not many figs. Are these mm-hmm. at all related to that period when I was a kid when Technic tried to have the Technic minifig? No. Okay. No. So these had like the arms on these are um three it's like a a piece that has two um like fingers on one side and three fingers on the other side. Yeah. And they like clip together like that. So you could take like 20 of them and put them all together and have be like wavy tube band arms. All right. Um, but yeah, so it come, it comes it does come with like three mini, like, or three figure heads, uh, not mini figures. Um, but then it also has like the way that you're supposed to build it is you build a, a bunch of clear stuff that makes a big, like totally like 60s sci-fi space suit. Like, clear bowl um how how is the how's the brick feel if you have you actually tried putting two bricks together it's 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 pretty similar it's a little bit looser um because this is still pre uh inside supports Mm -hmm. so uh regular lego piece i don't even know if i have any lego on my desk right now who are you get to the bottom of i know it's it's there's stuff that's built (laughs) that i'd have to take apart quite a bit but it doesn't have the like very small like fingers that it'd be inside of Lego pieces yeah. on, on larger sizes. It doesn't have that. It is just the, the tubes and the edge, which is still enough that it has the, the clutch power, but it's like feels like like ten percent weaker. You it's, know it feels like off brand. Yeah. Modern off brand. Like, like like a good knockoff of of Lego. Um, the, so, the one by stuff is about the same, yeah. But when it's the two buys, it's it's just a little little bit givier. So that's um, a, that's a cool get. But yeah, it was it was it was. She was like, "Hey, would you be interested in this?" I'm like, ah, "I'm trying not to get Lego." And then she's like, "Yeah, it's set number five sixty five. It's like a moon landing thing." I'm like, "You're missing a number that no, you're not." <laughs> so you're in the triple digit club. Yeah. All it's right. not my first three digit um set. I have a couple of just like Samsonite Lego things um still, but it it was a it was a an interesting thing that was right place, right time. Nice. Well, congratulations. Uh any other mm-hmm. off topic stuff on your end? That's pretty much it. All right, TJ, uh getting off topic. Let's talk about it. Uh anything going on over there over thar, I guess I'm saying now. Thar? Yeah. Thar. Um, my one twelfth arcade now has a pair of uh, American style vertical cabinets. Nice, nice. 
Uh, I need to ship out my HLJ order so I can get the rest of it. Another crane game and another arca uh, Japanese arcade machine. This is a weird question, but like, are you considering at all building a ceiling with lighting for that setup? Don't think I'm gonna go that far. I'm just so curious if like you get like a black ceiling with like some like purple lighting. I don't know the logistics of how it would work. It's just like the aesthetic feels like it would be like real for the Victoria people out there, real Johnny Z's arcade kind of aesthetic. Never been there, so I, I can't help you. It was it's basically an arcade. It's <laughs> it an arcade it's, it's connected an arcade. to a movie theater. You know, one of those. Uh, it's all dark inside. Uh, kind of smelled. Uh, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're not. They're they're just plastic boxes that you put stickers on, and that's about it. So they're not. They aren't terribly interesting until you have some action figure trying to play it. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Beyond that, my Kaiju Big Battle Kaikeshi figurines came in. Oh, from the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, so this yeah, for those un unaware, these are these are like muscle style figures, like the eighties little one piece rubber flesh tone guys. Uh except it's the Kaiju Big Battle giant monsters. So like I've got one that's just like a waffle with arms and legs. <laughs> and you know, uh a plantain with a mustache and uh Faden from Glios because he's a pro wrestler on top of everything else. Do you have a doctor with a cube for a head? I, I may or may not have that along with a minion. All right, good, good, good. No, no, the the cool one is the Sky Deviler because it comes with the baby Sky Deviler. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, they've been they've been it's it's very cool to have actual like little physical representations of these guys for how long I've been I've been watching them now. Yeah. Well, and and getting like a collectible done like that, like it's it's really cool that how possible that is now. Like this is sort of tangent, but at, at TFCon, Super, uh, Super Seven had a booth there. Uh, it was kind of like a third party representative, but they had a bunch of Super Seven stuff, and they had like these muscle style figures of Ronin warriors. It's so, like a little like Great Mazinger and stuff. Uh, and that's the aesthetic that I think really does survive like better than the you know like the the reaction aesthetic. Like there's so, there's still an artistry I think to that that style of of micro figure um, that you just you, you you don't some of those retro styles just don't really carry it through past one or two lines but I think that the muscle aesthetic can really like it can pull off a lot of stuff because you also for like kaiju big battle it's also it's like half that half monster in my pocket right yeah something like that yeah that's a throwback by the way let's see I had a monster in my pocket Hydra I was real popular in the playground for that. I mean, not many people had the Hydra. No, fun to have. It's the, I got the Kickstarter version, so I also have like a glow in the dark set. Nice, Dark Glios, and I found out like uh, if you go to like uh, Kaiju Big Battles online store, they're selling them like two packs, like blind boxed. Oh, cool. And but uh, there's an another like occasional Glios seller that has like just an all purple set. So if you just want a set of them without having to deal with blind boxes, you can that way too. Nice. I remember the uh oh, it was the one that Nick had a, a character in, but the, you know, the that 
same the Glados Factory did it, but it was a, it was a similar thing. It was the those Kickstarter artist driven ones where every figure was designed by a different artist and people would vote oh, on yeah, them. Oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, that that was kind of like the distribution on those where all the different Glados sellers would get their own colorway if they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else off topic on your end? Okay, so along with those arcade machines, uh, I met, I got in a figurized Goku All because right. I'm still I'm still on those model kits because they are still quite fun to piece together. No, I mean I, I saw the photos of the upcoming Exade one, and I was like, "All right, figurized is stepping up again." The, the assembly on Exade's chest is kind of amazing. I still I still have the build. I need to put together. He's way more sticker into. Oh yeah. Like Goku's probably about as sticker intensive as I've seen so far, and that's just getting like the little like red lines on his. Boots. Yeah. That's pretty much the extent of it for stickering, and that's what I kind of prefer. Don't don't make me sticker three D details. That's why I don't do mini blah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um. Uh, that one just came in the mail, normal order and all that. But I happened to go down to my local uh, local retro video game store. Just, you know, my occasional, like, once every couple months pop in. And when I'm walking in, I notice there's Dragon Ball Z posters stuffed around here and there. There's, like, cardboard cutouts of Goku. And like, I turn the corner where, like, like, typically a lot of game magazines would be stored. And it's just an entire bookshelf full of Dragon Ball stuff. Like this is a really weird select. This is a weird direction for a for for a retro video game store to go in. So, <laughs> uh, no, I talked to the owner, and it's like apparently like someone came in that needed to pay off a lawyer, so he just sold him like his entire Dragon Ball collection. Oh man! And hmm. apparently, at one time, it spanned an entire wall. <laughs> And he's been trying to unload it since December, and he's got it down to one bookcase worth. That's still pretty pretty good speed for something that was that big. Yeah, yeah, like, commendable. But you can definitely tell, like, he's so desperate to get rid of these, because, like, uh, some of the stuff they had taken up space were more of the figurized model kits, but they were pre-built. Hmm. You know, it was in the box, it was in the instructions, but it was just the figure just banging around inside this box that's way too big for it without any padding. But, okay. So I, I picked up 17 and I picked up Cell because I wanted Cell but he's always too expensive. Yeah. So like this is, And 17 I was just like, eh, maybe I get it just to complete the set. But, you know, to get it for the cheap, that's fine. And, you know, just as action figures, since I don't get to enjoy the building process of it, they're still just really nice good looking figures oh yeah uh, and they've got like are they still doing like the bicep flex articulation uh yeah 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 they're still doing all that um cell i wish i got to build kind of because like i was looking at the instructions for him and the way they managed to get his spots is it's all plastic layers oh sweet like that's a that's a really intensive way of doing it but i actually really respect that and i kind of wish i got to build that you could you could just get like a spudger and just prize the whole thing apart. <laughs> yeah. Just, just sit there with an exacto prying pegs away from each other just so I could put it back together. Half like would be like twice as 
loose as it was before. I, I have the, to see the plastics the, worn out. I have to see the spots push up through the holes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I took those to the counter and it's like, okay, I, I had twenty bucks for. I, that's them I'll do fifteen each, and if you want, I'll give you all the rest of them over there for twenty bucks. All right. Okay. Like, well, it, I've already got like most of them. There's literally only one there that I would need. Okay, ten bucks. Just take it. Okay, so I end up with like they made like the some vehicles, like like little like little model kit vehicles from Dragon Ball and Oh like, I've seen those like Bulma's like Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, like the pod uh, vehicle things. Yeah, like uh like the Saiyan space pod. And yeah. it's just like a static Vegeta to sit in there. Uh so the, I ended up with a Frieza in his little floating pod. Nice. It's neat. It doesn't do anything, it's just a static display piece, but it looks nice, and hey, ten bucks. See, I wouldn't have. I would have given him the fifteen. Like, yeah, I'll just take all of it. Then I would have gotten home and and, and stared at it for a little while, because I, I can't, I can't walk away from deals like that. I'm really bad. <laughs> I mean, there was part of me is thinking, okay, like, because I I was walking away with that Frieza, and it's like, if you want the others, ten bucks. Like you're almost there already. And like, dude, I'm 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 already cutting the pile in half. Give me a break here. And then after the fact, going like, you know, I, if I wanted to go through the trouble of flipping them on eBay, that's what I should have done. Yeah, I mean, because even if I'm getting ten bucks each, I'm still up like thirty bucks. Yeah, like, like I mean, one thing to note that people remind, like, you know, not only really people on the internet, but people off the internet have reminded me is like, you could flip, you know, a bunch of things, and then that's a bunch of extra work you have to go through. You could also not flip all those things and yeah. not have to do it. And I'm like, you're right. You're not wrong. It was just more trouble than I wanted because as he discovered, it's really hard to get people to buy pre-built model kits. It's true. You know, generally people buy model kits to build them. See, now I have all these terrible outs because I'm like, well, I could sell it at the local toy show or here's an even worse one. I'll raffle it off. <laughs> <laughs> I always need raffle prizes. Uh... So, congrats. That sounds like a like a fun haul, a fun low impact haul. Mhm. Um anything else in your end you want to talk about? Uh I got some things, but technically they need assembly. So, we'll leave it at that for now. All right, cuz I I got some off-topic stuff that like I I I got it today while I was looking for Starscream and Soundwave. It was also some on like truthfully I forgot to mention it. I, I haven't opened it yet, that's why. I got uh EB Games, this was the last day of a sale I didn't know was going on where a bunch of the Studio Series Voyagers were 40% off. I saw a whole bunch of Voyagers I wish I had maybe waited till now to buy. But uh I was able to get the Revenge of the Fallen Starscream with the tattoos and the buzzsaw for like just over 20 Canadian bucks. Uh so that was that wasn't okay. bad. Uh, but then I saw a thing I didn't know was coming out, and I was going to... I So I saw, you know those McFarlane Fortnite toys that are really good? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I saw a Skull Soldier in a smaller box, and I was like, what the hell is this? And it said... Oh, no. It said two things. A, he glows in the dark, right? So it's a glow-in-the-dark Skull Soldier, or Skull Trooper. And then B, I look inside, and, and he doesn't come with as many accessories... But he came with a really just friggin' cool-looking scythe for the, the pickaxe thing. And then I was like, well, how much is this? I look at the price. With my edge card, 17 Canadian dollars. So I was like, I'll, I'll pay that for one of these. So I haven't opened them yet. 
but you 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 sell me a McFarlane Fortnite figure quality figure for like under twenty Canadian dollars, you kind of got me. You got me. Those are very good figures. I'm oh. trying to think of who. I'm trying to think of where that would be from because there's only two companies I know of that are making actual action figures. It's 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 McFarlane. It's Is a, it? it's it's a redeco of the McFarlane Skull Trooper. Hmm. Uh, but redone with like glow in the dark on the white paint. I, so I haven't tried the glow in the dark yet, but it's the very good McFarlane figures. Uh, but for way cheaper, he just I think he doesn't come with a gun or a backpack. He just comes with a pickaxe, but then it's a new tooling pickaxe. So I'm like, I feel like I'm winning. Uh, aside from the part where I'm gonna now weather another storm of people saying, "Why are you buying Fortnite figures?" Um. But McFarlane make 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 very good Fortnite figures, uh, and I'm excited to see them apply that technology to other licenses in the coming year. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't know. I got I got I got some TCG hardware. That's about it. Um, when I was in Victoria, I finally found those Ultra Pro Autobot and Decepticon sleeves. I don't even need them, but I bought a set of each because I I'm you know smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a wave two start. I, I demoed. I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a bit of TCG stuff again. At, at Cap, so so at TFCon, I did I I did a demo or two in the uh, the TCG room. You know, demoing the game to people. One of those folks is the writer of the upcoming Netflix cartoon, and he didn't mention that till afterwards. And then I I think I spent most of a podcast mistaking his work for being the IDW the new IDW writer, uh, which he is not. He is uh, the writer of the new cartoon. And I think I have edited most of that out of that podcast. So I'm going to reveal it here that I made a colossal mistake uh, at the end of TFCon. But I then you, had- you were just so happy making that statement every time that it just let you to have it. Yeah. Well, as I was saying in our pre-record, I feel I'm only 90% at fault because also literally no one was stopping and correcting me. So everyone was just rolling along with it. Uh, but at Capital City Comic Con in Victoria, I ended up having a huge hand in running demos of, of the Transformers TCG there because the, I, I found out it was actually on the programming. So I ran it up to the, the place where they said they're running. It. I'm like, yo, what are you doing with Transformers TCG? And then they're like, oh, okay, we were going to run. We actually don't. We can't run. Dem- we only have booster packs. We can't demo the game for you because we got our distributor said, you know, we'd have starters. And then today they said, oh, you'll have the starters on Tuesday, which is two days after the convention's over. Uh, so me and everyone I'm hanging out with, we're all like, no, we already played the TCG. We can run demos. We have the starter deck, multiple mm-hmm. copies even. So I ended up demoing that game a bunch, and uh, I, I now like demoing that game. I even have a storyline I tell when I demo the Wave One starter. Uh, okay. People seem to. I'm always like, "All right, before we do anything, trucks or cars?" And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "I need you to choose trucks or cars." So they'll pick one. I'm like, "All right, story is Optimus Prime and, and Ironhide is boy. They're hanging out. He's talking some trash on cars, just saying, oh, cars are stupid, aren't they? Freedom's the right of all sentient beings.'" But Bumblebee was standing right there because he's Optimus Prime's left-hand man, and, and that was rude. So Bumblebee went to get Red Alert, and Red Alert's kind of kooky. And, and he, he's like, hey, Red Alert, they're talking mess on cars. What are we going to do? And Red Alert's like, we're going to kill them! So that's how this fight began. Uh, okay. So I, I, I would also... I After demoing the game at, at TFCon, I've also begun to learn how to, if possible, very deftly lose the demo game in a way that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, although at one point I wasn't able to, and I, and because of that, I was like, instead going to just demonstrate how to friggin' uppercut two people in the same turn. Um, 
You, you were just like, dude, you suck so bad. I'm trying to throw this game, <laughs> I was and like, I'm still winning. I was like, I'm trying to throw this game, but now I'm sitting here able to plasma burst one of your guys and then uppercut the other one. And I sat there for a bit, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at the player, and I'm like, this guy can take it. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, I had a lot of fun demoing a TCG that I like. So I'm actually looking forward to that Wave 2 starter to figure out a little storyline for that one. And uh, I don't know, maybe demo the game some more. Um, and also, well, that's just that's just Bumblebee versus Megatron. That's easy enough. I know. So I got to make up a, a dumber story for it, uh, or go like, "All right, you're going to play either as the two Jets or as Bumblebee and Megatron." <laughs> and they're like, "What?" I'm like, listen, let me tell you about Dark Cybertron. All right, that's actually half of Megatron. He's got no legs. Bumblebee's carrying him around like 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 Chewbacca and C-3PO, uh, or like he literally did. Yes. Yeah. Or as he or like he literally did in the comic book. But uh, yeah, demoing a game that I like was really fun and very rewarding, and I wanted to share that experience with everyone here. I guess I do kind of have another little bit of off-topic-y stuff that's TCG-related. I got a a tube to protect my uh, Grimlock. Oh, right! Okay, did you get the Ultimate Guard one that goes foomp, or did you get a, a normal-ass tube? I, I got the monster. That's okay. Whatever, it's that's a like a triangular. One? Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, I think, the best normal-ass tube, um, but if you want to go... Re- they got... Ultimate Guard makes a thing called the Mat Pod. Okay. It's got a spring release button to, to open the top, and it makes a Pringles noise when it opens. Oh, I don't know if I need that much you insanity should, in my life. You should get an Ultimate Guard Mat Pod. It's Maybe. very, very worth but it. But no, so it was, I'd, I'd gone to the friendlier of the FLGSs yeah. um, to ask. So I'd gone to the closer one and asked them, and they were like, yeah, there's a guy who buys a pack for his kid sometimes. <laughs> there's a guy... And I was like, okay. So I went to the other one that's like on the way home and asked them. And they're like, there are a couple people that are interested. And I've seen like one or two games going, but like they didn't send out any like how to play things. And so nobody picked it up. I was like, well, actually, like they they did offer just one recently that you could pick up. Or like, is there a way that I can give you information and, and like have you guys try and like assemble the people that want to play because I'd really like to play locally and I got a nah, that nah. sucks and it's like uh, I'm gonna have to like grind on this to try and make a like find the regional Facebook thing. group because there's gotta be one and just say the- who is in the area hi I'm in fact throw the podcast around his wait say hi I'm from the podcast thing where they interview the people who who is in the area and would like to help me convince one of our our FLGSs to so so there is an FLGS in Indianapolis that apparently is is starting to have some some traction on it but that's it's like an hour and change drive one way it's killing me that's killing me if and you have so two that are right there it's rough and then yeah that there's that there's one that like i i on the roof of my house i could see where it is yeah like it's it's literally right there, and that's the this guy that like buys a pack for his kid because he likes Transformers. Like I was, I was dumb. at a thing last night at the Manipool who were doing their first Transformers event just to test the water, see how things work. They're kind of more of a combination restaurant board game cafe, 
Um, mm-hmm. But they had interest in doing Transformers. And one thing I mentioned to them was how there are there are a couple gaming stores really close to me that I thought were going to have some interest and ended up just not, even though one of them we were playing at constantly before Wave 1 came out here. And mm. one of the staff said something that I was so happy to hear from a store staff member, which was, why would they not want more games running? Yeah, And I was like, thank you for saying that, because sometimes I think I'm the crazy one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a rough thing when I got the blah, 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 blah response of like, you've got, like, I, I can see a box that you have opened that you've pulled back from, and I see another sealed one sitting underneath it, like... There's ways to sell this like, stuff, are, are man. They, would they resist? I'm going to the wreck and roll pool here. Would they resist if you just made a flyer and said, do you play Transformers TCG? Hit me up on Twitter here and let's organize a night. Like, would they resist that? Probably not. Okay. I mean, it, it's definitely a case where, like, I need I need to get some some action into it and, like, do a little bit of the work myself. But it's, like... It, when I've not been traveling, it's been fifty-hour weeks, and oh, absolutely, like, but like, it just do, kills doing me. it, doing it for the podcast stuff, and doing all this stuff, and I'm just like, I, I want to, I, I want one of these FLGSs that I can go to and be like, hey, there's something that I want to do that's not like, yeah, getting deep into the magic rabbit hole because the the, the place is like the. Um, is very much like if you're not playing Magic the Gathering. Or whatever the the Final Fantasy one is, what's your point for living? I'm actually amazed if Final Fantasy is their second pillar, given how much I've been told that's a niche game. Uh, oh, it very much is. It's like the last two years worth of MTG in singles, and then probably as many boxes of that, plus maybe one or two of Final Fantasy. I mean, that I'll give them that. Having looked into the game here, uh, that and and trying to find any of it while I was in Victoria, that's not bad. That that's impressive to a degree, but mm-hmm. that actually makes me more frustrated that they are. It sounds like they just have no inclination towards Transformers. It's one yeah. thing to try and have no one show up, but to not even do that, I find frustrating uh, to hear um, yeah. when you have someone who's obviously interested. Uh, because in Victoria, at Capital City Comic Con, this is the other thing, the Toronto t- Transformers TCG scene has kind of come together and is held together a lot by that Facebook group, but also by store owners like Saul over at Three Kingdoms who are actively trying to make the game exist in spite of our lack of getting the product in any kind of timely manner. Metroplex's release date in Canada has recently come out as being April 26th, to to illustrate this, for instance. Uh, and, and, and there are store owners trying, right? And mm-hmm. and players hooking up in Victoria, uh, it's me and it's Sam and Chris and then uh, Zach, uh, buddy of Sam's, is getting into the game at the show basically. So it's the four of us uh, sitting there playing it. Uh, Vorpal Gnome, one store, and um, Triple Play, another store, are both the ones running the demo table, and they're both way into us sitting there doing the demo basically for free. Because uh, the guy who runs Triple Play is like, I love this game, and I'm going to try running games on Wednesday, day after I leave Victoria, sadly. Uh, but he's going to run the first event then. I find out there is a Facebook group called Van Isle Transformers TCG, full of people on the island just trying to connect together to play. They are now all united to go to Triple Play. Uh, Vorpal Gnome is like, we'll have a play space in May when we move to our new digs in Quadraville, uh, Quadra Village, and... 
I basically saw the, the Toronto thing happen again, but in Victoria, of the players all found each other, and then one or two store owners found the players and said, no, I want to make this work, because this is a cool game. And it, it started to happen, and I was sitting there watching that, just going like, this is fantastic, and now I'm even less patient with stories like Aaron's, where there are two gaming stores who are not even doing the day one. Uh, yeah, nothing against your the, stores. The, just you know. the place across town is like they at least you know seemed like it was a thing that like could potentially kick in. Yeah, and just maybe needs needs someone to give that that boulder that's on the the edge of the precipice the the like nudge over, like let them know no there is the thing that like whoever does your WPN stuff needs to like go hit these two check boxes and 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 get the free stuff and that like I would be more than happy to like be the person that knows what's going on in order to get things going um and the at least the two guys that were behind the counter at the time were like yeah we'll have to talk to the owner about that and yeah. I've not been back around there since but, but. Just, I, I have a lot of empathy for the situation of there's a gaming store that is so close to you you can see it from your roof because i got like yeah. 401 games which is a f like 10 minute bus ride for me from a bus that stops outside my apartment building and mm -hmm. they are tr they are running a number of games but they are not touching transformers uh and it, and then i found out in their on their event calendar the, the other 401 games out of town is... So I'm just sitting there going, like, I'll demo the game, but, like, I, I don't even I, I don't even know how to breach this, because 401's a bit of a titan of a store. Uh, and I've heard that they already very much dropped a hammer on their participation in Star Wars Destiny, uh, mm -hmm. and have very little inclination to do anything that is not now proven. They're already running, you know, Magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and Keyforge, and, and they are very much a it-has-to-be-moving-and-have-prize-support kind of store. And it's a bummer. And obviously, I could probably push them a bit harder and say, "Hey, I can do this, and I can do this." But like, instead, I've I've got we've got store owners at Harry T and and Saul over at Three Kingdoms who are actively trying to do stuff with us. And I'm like, I'd rather. And now Manipool is way into doing stuff and wanting to work with those two stores as far as scheduling. I'm like, I would rather hook up with these folks who are who are proactively participating in this uh, than tr like try to force someone who doesn't want to. Um, and that's just the good fortune of having those other stores get into it. But also, all those stores are 20 to 30 minutes away from me. There's a store that is a 5-10 minute bus ride from me that has no interest, and it's just friggin' killing me. Uh, and the store we played at a whole bunch is also very close, A&C Games. I don't know if maybe I misunderstood something, but I, got, I very much got the impression when the game actually came out, it was like, oh no, we're not actually going to do it. We're, we're busy enough doing uh, Vice Schwartz and Vanguard and MTG. And I was just kind of like deflated a bit at the time. I should probably look in there again and see if they're interested. But uh, anyone in Toronto who's listening, go hit up ANC, irregardless of this, and just say like, "Hey, do you play Transformers TCG?" Because I hear a ton of people do in town, and see if you can browbeat them a bit. <laughs> uh, that's mean. But anyway, we talked about TCG stuff a lot longer than I thought we would, so I will cap the podcast there. Aaron, thank you for joining me on this episode. Hey, you're welcome. TJ, if you're alive out there, thank you for joining me. On this what? episode, what? What? card games. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, we did it to them with Common Rider for years. It's actually, you know what? Though I'm not the one who's losing this out on this. This is what it's like. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you for joining us, regardless. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Uh, I don't know when this one's coming out, because i got to catch up on a bunch of stuff, so uh, I'm, I went for a, attempting a slightly timeless approach with this. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, whatever you hear this, hope you're having a good day, hope you're having a good night, and uh, whatever you do, please stay safe. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.